Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. All right, and we are back. That's right, it's time right now for the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, back with you once again, ready to rock and roll along with my awesome friend and kick-ass co-host, the one and only Chris Sinzak. How's it going, brother? Things are nice and calm, and I'm happy to do the show again. Nice and calm compared to the last couple of weeks, man. Getting ready for Rock and Pod, getting to do Rock and Pod, and now finally the aftermath of Rock and Pod, and what an amazing weekend it was. Now, if you're a fan of Rock Music Podcasts, well, then you know that all the coolest ones were at Rock and Pod. And so, for the last week or so, you've been hearing all kinds of awesome stuff from Rock and Pod and about Rock and Pod because everybody's talking about it on their shows. So it was an awesome experience. Once again, all our great friends came out, said hello, got to hang out with us. It was amazing all the way through, just like we said it was going to be. And so this week, we're going to do a little recap. We're going to go down memory lane one more time for Rock and Pod 2023. And I love it. One thing I think you're going to agree, Chris, is that it's so difficult because for me, and I know definitely for you, Rock and Pod Weekend is kind of like a sensory overload. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, completely. So there's no way to mention every single person and every single awesome moment that happened throughout the weekend of Rock and Pod, but you're going to get a good taste of the awesomeness of the whole thing. When we hang out with our awesome friend, Courtney Cronin-Dold, here in a minute, and we talk all about it. Yeah, it was great to have her join us for this, and it was just hard to believe Courtney's never been on the show before, which is kind of wild to think. That's insane. We are fucking it up. They were right when they gave us that review last week. You guys are fucking it up. You haven't even had Courtney on the show. What's wrong with you? Right. That should that should have been the review. <laughs> but I do want to say before we dive into this, because when we recorded this with Courtney recently, and it's very stream of consciousness, just what comes to mind of what we remember from the weekend. And like you said, we're going to leave out probably a lot of people to thank. But let me just quickly thank Tracy McAndrew, Andy Connors, Alan Tate, um, David Hooper for running the education track, my brother Eric and his security team. Um, yeah. Of course, Aaron Camaro for being the greatest MC of all time. And 
just so all the volunteers, we had so many great volunteers that stepped up and, and made everything just run like a machine. And uh, I couldn't be more proud. And we, I am truly blessed to have all these amazing people that help out with it every year. It was so good. So good. Everybody was amazing. And of course, we got to thank Pantheon Podcasts, who brought you Rock and Pod, along with bringing you this, the Decibel Geek Podcast, every, every single week. If you're looking for a new music podcast to check out, I always recommend you just start with Pantheon because you're going to go there and they're going to lay it all out there for you. If you're looking for something specific or something a little more wide-ranging, it doesn't matter. If it's a music podcast and it's awesome, it is under the Pantheon of podcasts. So go to Pantheon.com to find your brand new favorite. And you know what? Follow them on your socials and thank them for bringing you Rock and Pod and the Decibel Geek Podcast. And uh, yeah, and also quick thank you, thank you to Pantheon to Bobby Dreyer for his uh, sponsorship for Third Power Amplification, and yeah. uh, just everyone that that pitched in and, and helped out with it. it and RFK Media, of course, who helped us out. And uh, thanks, Ron yeah. and the and the Keel team and everybody. And thank you if you came to Rock and Pod and hung out with us. Because we are grateful to everybody that did. All our podcast brothers and sisters were there. The future of rock and roll was there. All these brand new rock and roll bands. The legends. Everybody. If you were there, you know what we're talking about. And if you weren't, man, you missed something. But you better check out your YouTube. Because there's going to be some cool videos out there. And right now, up until the 7th, you can get to Meat Hook and get the pay-per-view. It's 15 bucks. But it's several hours of rock and pot awesomeness. So if you missed it, go to Meat Hook. That's M E E T H O O K. Look them up. Check out the Decibel Geek pay per view of Rock and Pod. Yeah, they did a great job. I was watching it earlier this week. I think it's available through the 19th, actually. Through the 19th. Wrong. Oh, nice. Well, either case, get on it and don't miss out. Meat Hook pay per view of Rock and Pod. Very cool. I love that. So, we got a lot to get to today with our friend Courtney, and we're going to do something special at the very end, so when we're done with Courtney, stick around, because Chris and I got to do a live interview with Stevie Rochelle at Rockin' Pod. It's short and sweet, but it's pretty damn cool, and we really enjoyed it, and the audience really enjoyed it, and Stevie seemed to enjoy it, so we're betting you're going to enjoy it too, so that's going to be tacked on to the end of this episode. So... Before we get to all that, last week I laid down the challenge. I said, do you want Kissmas in July? If you want Kissmas in July, you got to help us with the reviews and the recommendations. We got to have 20 of them to get us to a place where we can feel like we can deliver the most kick-ass Kissmas in July that we've ever done. We asked for 20. Last week we got 19 knocked down. This week, the fans... The friends and the people that want Kissmas in July, they're coming out with the reviews and the recommendations. And we got some right here that are taking us one step closer to Kissmas in July. First one is entitled Great Podcast. It's five stars on Apple. It goes a little something like this. Decibel Geek is a great rock and roll podcast. And I think it's great that Aaron knows more about Turbo Negro than Queensryche. (laughs) (laughs) 
That warms my heart. Love that. <laughs> oh, man, that's so cool. What's the name? It's too small for me to read. M-F-K-N-J-F-R-N-T-K. All right. It's a robot. <laughs> it's Dave Shirt. Well, that is freaking awesome. And that takes us down to 18. Here's another one. Geeks of the Year is the title. The stars, it's five. This podcast is great. It's like driving a Camaro around, cranking tunes and having fun with your friends. I really enjoy the show and the hosts. It's fun to hear Aaron's genuine surprise when he hears some of the latest metal gossip that he missed out on during the week. Right there, bam, from Canada. Five stars, that's 17. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas in July as we speak. So awesome. And then we've got one more. This is a Pod Chaser review. Five stars, you gotta love that. This one comes to us from Negative Rock, and it goes a little something like this. I've been listening to this podcast since I first discovered it which is older than my 10-year-old son. Now that's some crazy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And that's 16. One more closer to Kissmas in July. If you guys want Kissmas in July to kick more ass than it's ever kicked before, we're ready to bring it to you. All we need is your help. Some reviews and recommendations. Right there, some great ones on Apple, and on Podchaser, you can also leave us a recommendation on Facebook, and I'll count it towards it. We're ready to do it. We need your help to make it happen. Keep those reviews and recommendations coming, and we're going to bring you Kissmas in July. Hell yeah. So, with all that being out of the way, oh, wait a minute. That's not all. Oh, no, that's not all. Because we got to show the love to the people. The people that care about the Decibel Geek podcast. They take our most recent episode, which in this case was Beat the Geek Week, which was a lot of fun for me. I don't know, it must have been kind of fun for you, right? It was cool to hear some trivia questions that I got wrong. It was a fun one, man. I really enjoyed coming up with the I really enjoyed coming up with those questions and even more so than that, I just love to be a game show host. That's my dream. And you guys are helping me live it. I love playing Beat the Geek, and we're going to do it again. You know what? This time, we've got some people going to be challenging you, Chris Sinzak. i got a few lined up already, looking for a couple of more. And we're going to bring back Beat the Geek again real soon. Very cool. So the people that loved the episode of Beat the Geek, they said, you know what, I'm going to get out there on my Facebook, I'm going to get out on my Twitter, and I'm going to help spread the word about what Decibel Geek is doing, and I'm going to take the tweet, I'm going to take the post, I'm going to share it with the people I know. When you do that, not only are you helping us get the word out that the fact that rock and roll is alive and well and still being celebrated right here at the Decibel Geek Podcast, you're helping people know that. You're helping us get the word out, and you get added to a list. Oh, yeah, it's prestigious as hell. I'm talking about the Geeks of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Eric Luzier, Cesar Atondo, Mark Starsky, John Phillips, Simon Katz, Shane Hebert, Joe Lascon, David Glenn, Aaron Baker, Mike Parnell, Kevin Williams, 
James J. McElhenney, Devin Fox, Grayson Gallegos, Shea Hargett, Keith Rockford, Andrew Becker, Anthony Roush, Sean Geek Podcast, Pantheon Podcast, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Kristen Schimbeck, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, David Cathy, Will Honeycutt, Joseph Capone, Ernesto Aguiar, Focus on Metal Podcast, Eladio, Hakon Bergstad, JJP, Body of the Soul, Kevin's on Fire, Jay Shablewski, Whiting Guitar Works, Vet Halen, Victor Ruiz, Scott Crouch, and as always, The Mooger Fooger. Quick shout out to Vet Halen. <laughs> I get that Beat the Geek theme song stuck in my head, too. <laughs> I sent that to LC. He got a good laugh out of it. I was doing that at work the other day. <laughs> what am I whistling? Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, thank you to everybody that takes the time to share and retweet what we're doing here every single week on the Decibel Geek Podcast. I see a lot of names in that list that I've seen at Rockin' Pod. I love you guys. Everybody that supports this show, you freaking rule, and we love you for it. So if you're ready, let's do a little talking Rockin' Pod with our good friend, Courtney Cronin Dold. Let's go. Man, I saw so many awesome people at Rockin' Pod, but one of the people I was most excited to see for Rockin' Pod Weekend in Nashville was our awesome friend, Courtney Cronin Dold. Hey, guys. And now we got her back with us. How yeah. the hell have we How the hell have we never had Courtney on the show before? I, I was know. thinking about that. That's weird. I know. She's been avoiding us or something. You've done my picks for stuff. Like, I've sent you picks for a couple yeah. things. And- oh, yeah. But yeah, it's like it's it. She reminded me of that I was like, "Why don't you just come on and talk to us?" And she's like, "Well, you haven't had me on." I'm like, "Oh, have we not?" The right. hell? Yeah, we're, we're terrible at invi- inviting people onto the show. But thanks for doing this. No, thank you. I mean, I'm terrible. I fell asleep doing Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> I just had. It's just one of those Saturdays where you just got to watch Lord of the Rings for the forty seventh time with your dog. You know. But you know, what? I've never seen any of those movies from start to finish. Really? What? My husband has either. Or Harry Potter. I haven't watched any of them. What? Oh my god, I love him. You and Stefan. My husband does not like any of it. I have to like no. force him. If if, if there wow. was a documentary about Lord of the Rings, I would watch that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I have no imagination. I, I just want real shit. <laughs> That's crazy. And my, and my wife rolls her eyes because she's the opposite. She she watches all that stuff, and I just roll my eyes. I'm like, I'm done. I can't watch this. Well, and I just got the uh, Disney Plus for the first time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to see all the Star Wars stuff that I've been waiting to see, you know, like the Mandalorian and the Boba Fett and the Obi-Wan Kenobi and all that stuff. And then I was like, no. I have to start at the very beginning and watch this all chronologically. Oh, so you nerd! So, I've done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of watching to do, but yeah, buddy. I know, I know. I look at the list. I'm like, I'm going to be 80 by the time I get to uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, well, I got Disney Plus, but it was only to watch the Beatles Get Back documentary. <laughs> That's the only reason I got it. <laughs> I got it for the whales documentary. Yeah. Yeah, my my wife and kid were like, "Oh, we can watch Mandalorian." I'm like, "Have fun with that." I'm watching the Beatles. What? <laughs> <laughs> Too oh man! Funny. So it's been a week since Rocket Pod, Courtney. How are you doing? I'm good. I took a couple days to recover, um, and I I it went by like as a blur. I think I was busier yeah. at this one than ever. 
So you I got a I, lot on your plate this time. Yeah. So I didn't like get the hang time as much, you know, like my hang time was, Hey, good to see you. Oh, I got to go to this one. Hey, good to see you guys. Bye. Like it was like really fast, like running around, but, um, but I got to see like so many people and then, yeah, same thing, Chris, I didn't see you and Michelle till the very end of the day. I think yeah. you guys were almost like blurs, like you kind of mm. whizzed by here. And then when I turn around, you'd be gone. You were like yeah. shapeshifters. Like I didn't know what was going on, but yeah, I saw you at the very, very end of the day. And Aaron, I think I saw you in the middle of the day at one point. I was sparkly wherever I was. You were very sparkly. You were dressed <laughs> for the occasion. I've kind of set a precedent with my, for myself with that stuff. You know, I I know now what people expect of me, and now it's become a thing where like every year it's like. Oh yeah, it's getting close to rocking pod time. I better figure out what jacket and shoes I'm going to have to order for this thing. I love getting sparkly. It's fun. You look like a superhero. You're like super. You're like Captain Rockin' Pod. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. I want to get my name legally changed. That I love it. (laughs) It's going to have an action figure before you know it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'll be selling them at the next rocking pod. There you go. There you go. But man, from the very beginning, it was so much fun. Like on Friday, I showed up early and I told the wife, you know, you can meet me down there because she was setting up a booth with the vendors. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've got all the tools from work in my car. I'm just going to take the car down there and see whatever anybody needs. So then I got there and I see Tracy right off the bat. I see Chris. The place is empty. It's, It's funny to think back on that first Friday walking in when it was so empty to what it ended up being by Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so then we're hanging up banners and Michelle's doing stuff and our friend Buddy Baker's there and Andy Connors and Alan Tate. And it's like everybody's working their asses off to get it all set up, man. That And that's kind of cool too. And then like you see Ron Keel rolling in and he's setting up his booth and he's doing it all himself. You know, you think, oh, big rock star is going to have assistants set up his booth for him. Not Ron Keel. You know, he's in there doing it himself. And then little by little, other people start showing up. And, you know, I think maybe next year it'd be kind of cool to have like a time-lapse camera. That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. We thought of doing that, and I tried finding a GoPro, but I couldn't find anybody that already had one. And I sure as hell wasn't going to spend another dime on this damn thing by the time that that <laughs> yeah. idea came up. I was like, I ain't paying nothing else. But no. uh, that that is a good idea to do. Yeah, it'd be cool to see it from empty to saturday afternoon you know and like you said so many awesome people show up friday night we go from setting up rock and pod to down to the east side bowl for rare hair and man that was freaking amazing i had so much fun that night that's the tough toughest part about rock and pod i think is trying to pace yourself on friday night knowing what you're in for the next day it's yeah it's, right takes a lot of willpower willpower that i don't have yeah yeah it was um yeah and that 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 show was great and like it was one of those i went into that show blind because Eastside bull handled the tickets for that show so like i didn't handle i i had no i no gauge of what sales were or anything so i was like how is this thing gonna sell i had no idea it was packed and it was fucking packed packed. i was like oh my god like this is this is a big fucking i think they said it wound up said it being like four to five hundred people packed in that room wow and i i was told on sunday that since the east side bowl has been open and that place hasn't been open that long maybe you know six months or so has it been a year now it's been like close to two now yeah but they said 
as far as a as a concert type show there, that that was the biggest crowd that was ever drawn to Eastside Bowl. Wow! Good for yeah. you guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, and well, I don't want to fast forward too much, but. I didn't actually get to go to Keel Fest, but I, I did hear that the owner, Michelle, said that that was the biggest crowd they had ever had in Bowie's. So, oh, it was insanely yeah. packed in there. Insane. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I was thinking since Rare Hair and our Rockin' Pod pre-party went over so good at the Eastside Bowl, I'm thinking about giving them a call and going, hey, you know, remember that night when you, we packed the place? Yeah, when Stevie Rochelle was there? Yeah, you guys should bring Tough here. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Aaron's yeah. our biggest advocate. I wish I had the list of people in front of me because, well, we, ho- Don and Jameson and I hosted, and I've never hosted, like, I've brought up bands and, like, hosted events, but not like that. I've never done anything like that where we needed literally a stack of pages of everybody's names and cra- yeah. I mean, thankfully that we had a lot of friends in it. So we knew, and then also people, we just knew who they were because of who they are, you know, but, um, but we had like this stack stack of papers, like going through to, re- to remember everybody. I can't believe how many people played in that thing. It's amazing to me. I don't understand how people can just go play this song and everyone goes, okay. Like my brain doesn't work that way yeah. at all. I don't all even right. know how they do it. Well, and that was a that's a cut down set from what Tyson usually does. Um, it was yeah. like it was like thirty five to forty players total that night, but usually it's over a hundred players. So he actually cut it down to to what you saw. But you got you and Don did great because that's the hardest part with rare hair is all the changeover stuff because mm-hmm. there are a few different equipment changes that have to happen sometimes between the sets. And what you guys did was you kept the crowd engaged while they did all that stuff. So it didn't feel like there was this long gap in between players that showed up. So, well, we tried you guys. Um, Yeah, (laughs) we tried. At one point, I had to disappear because I had to go talk to Eric Martin about the show the next night for punchlines and backlines. And, you know, everybody wants to talk to him. So it's really hard to get him and, you know, get him alone, get his attention. So I just went up to the bar and Shane was buying him a drink. And I just said, Don, can you just cover for me for the next couple songs? I'll be back in like 10 minutes. Mm. So I went over to the bar and then Shane's buying him a drink. And then he's so sweet. He bought me one too, my white wine with ice cubes. And everyone looked at me crazy. And I'm like, I'm driving. I have to dilute. So that's right. I, so we we got finally got him out into the hall, you know, to talk <clears throat> about tomorrow, you know, about the next day, because everybody always wants to talk to me about it a little bit before because they're always so nervous. They don't realize how great they're going to do. It's weird to me that they don't. They don't. Every time they have no idea how great they're going to do. And every time they do great. And it's always and that's the first thing I said after the show is this is the part where you get to say I told you so. Told you, I told you everybody would laugh. It would be great. But anyway, so we're outside. Next thing I know, it's like 20, 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, Don's going to kill me. So I felt bad, but I had to be, you know, we, we got everything settled that needed to be settled. But the, and then I came back up. So Don kind of, Don, Don took over for a large portion of the middle. I don't know if that's interesting or not, but just want to thank him for that. So I didn't disappear because I was being lazy. I was for the yeah, next two days no, later, I was just like setting it up. Well, and, and, and in my position, I'm being pulled by different people every few minutes to talk. Yeah. So I didn't get to see as much of the performances as I wanted to. And then, um, but our friend Paul Neighbors, who's a local guy that does video for a lot of rock concerts, he filmed every song for the show. Yeah. <clears throat> and he sent me all the video files. I'll be branding them with Rock and Pot stuff and putting them up. Oh, cool. But my God. 
some of the performances were just astounding. Like, and the, nobody rehearsed together. That's the craziest Isn't that thing. Crazy? Is like, it sounded like some of these guys had played together for years. And <laughs> the one that stood out to me was it was in like War Pigs is really fucked out with cover shows. Everybody's like, oh, we hear War Pigs all the time. But this was like the greatest cover of War Pigs I'd ever seen. It was um, it was one of Tyson's friends that sang in Tyson's place because Tyson lost his voice that week. Oh. So this guy, John, I don't even know what band he's in, but he was awesome. It was him singing um, Tyson on bass, um, Steve Blaze from Lily and Axe on guitar. Oh, I was outside for that. And Jason Hartless, who's Ted Nugent's drummer on drums. Mm-hmm. Wait till you see the video of this. I mean, they just absolutely slayed this version of War Pigs. And I'm watching it. I'm like, these guys didn't even rehearse together. It was insanely good. That's awesome. And so many of those performances were just insanely good. So, yeah. um, and, you know, Bobby Dreyer took some amazing photos showing the whole crowd and how full it was. Yeah. And, you know, Aaron, you were, I mean, well, Courtney, you were there the first year too. Like we had, we had our pre-party the first year was at the Cobra, which was a club that would hold like 75 people at the most in that room. Yeah, more like a bar. Yeah. It was just a bar with a little stage. Mm-hmm. And to think we went from that to this, mm-hmm. um, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I think one of the coolest parts was, um, I really liked Leilani. I really liked her original She was great. Songs. Yeah. Man, that band is great. They were fantastic. Well, and the, the balls to go up and play originals up against all these classic metal songs. Yeah. Like, and I watched the videos. I'm like, she's holding her own. They and the did. crowd was really into it, too. Leilani Kilgore. Yeah. Yeah. She's a she's an amazing player and singer. Yeah, she was great. And I loved... Um, I love that the guy who wrote Wipeout the, from the Safaris with yeah, Safaris yeah, came out and opened yeah. Wipeout, and every guitar player like lost their minds. They were all in the back going, "This is the guy who wrote it? What?" Yep. Like they didn't know, and everybody was like on the edge of the stage, like drooling. Like, yeah. and I was yeah. nervous about. I was nervous about that part because like Tyson's like, yeah, "Well, Barry Hill's going to play. The Safaris are actually going to show up and play," and I'm like is that going to be okay with a rare hair show? And he was like, I think it's fucking awesome. It and was. I'm like, was. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then I watched the video. I'm like, oh, this was actually a really interesting way to, to start the show. People lost their minds. <laughs> I lost my mind a little bit. I mean, I was right down there. Good spot, you know, and all of a sudden he came out. I was like, holy shit, this is that guy, you know, from the safaris. And I elbowed the Mooger Fooger. I was like, check this out, you know, and then. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what you call it. He starts ripping into uh, starts ripping into Wipeout, and everybody's jaws hit the floor. It was like, I don't know, it was a cool thing. It was like the energy in the room just lifted. You know, it yeah. was perfect. It was amazing. I loved it. And then I got to meet him the next day, and man, what a super cool guy. Yeah, you know, he. I love it when you got like. Because, I mean, Rock and Pod, you know, and Decibel Geek, it's all about, you know, like, the 80s hard rock scene. But when you throw in a guy like that, which, you know, he's rock and roll historic all day long, I really like that. The outside-the-box people that kind of make their way into Rock and Pod as well. And he was perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, toured with the Beatles. I mean, yeah. I mean you, know, you know, he's got stories for days. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that that show was, was incredible and... Aside from a little bit of drama, I had to deal with behind the scenes, which we'll say for our Patreon VIP. Yeah, um, I didn't even know oh, about nice. the drama because I got there later. But um, yeah. and Vicky and Blackie, the girls who were singing back mm-hmm. up with everybody, singing everything, they were rad. Yeah, yeah they and, were um, I like Dakota Denman. I like him, and 
Donovan and Jeremy and Ace and oh and Eric Martin and you know who who I loved it was Jason McMaster. Yeah, yeah he was God, great. Can that guy sing? That was yeah. so awesome. <laughs> and still has the same stage presence he had in 1989. It like killed me, yeah. like because when he's off stage, he seems like this. You would never know, you know. Yeah, like he's just pretty chill, and then it's like, Rah! and it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I loved introducing him. My wife and Mrs. Fugger noted that night Mrs. at the show <laughs> that uh, one of our lady friends, when Jeremy Asbrock was up on stage, was just looking at him like she could eat him with a spoon. Oh, oh Jeremy? And, uh, yeah, yeah. And so, and so I said, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. And the wife says, what do you mean? I said, well, if you said, Aaron, I'm leaving you, I'd say, why, baby? And you'd say, for Jeremy Asbrock, and I'd say... I understand. <laughs> well, you know what? It's it's funny you say that. I do a joke about Ace and how the and I was supposed to do it the other night. And Jeremy's like, "Hey, I thought you were going to do the joke about me." I was like, "Sorry, I." We had an incident happen at the show, and I forgot some of the jokes that I was supposed to do. And um, we'll tell it off air. But um, I know that I know oh, what the incident our host was. was a little not good. Quite, wow, he was quite a story. Awful. Um. Anyway. Uh, but the joke was that I love going to ace shows and watching like these big, like burly dudes, like all in the front screaming with their arms out, trying to touch ace crying. Like, I love you, ace. I love you. I love you, but not like in a gay way. I'm not gay. But it's cool if you are gay, but I'm not. But if I was, I would go for Jeremy and not you. <laughs> but ace, if you asked, I might. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said something oh. about Jeremy and Tuck sharing the same clothes. Uh, someone was yelling something about Jeremy and about Tuck. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, they could share pants. I'm like, <laughs> they could share the same outfits, you know. Yeah, it's like they, they shop boys. at the same. Yeah, they, yeah. Shop, they shop at the same rock star store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tuck but, was Tuck was another guy that I really kind of met oh, for the first time yeah. this weekend. And yeah, one of the coolest guys I've Did, ever met in my life. And Very he's cool. a fan of our show. I talked to him. Yeah. Uh, I talked to him at the expo, and he was like, and I said, you know, you, I told him because uh, his album was like the second, my number two album of the year last year. And uh, of course, first thing he says is, what was number one? And I said, the new Roses, Sweet Boys. He's like, okay, I, I, that's cool. He's like, what's your show? And I was like, Decibel Geek. He's like, oh, I fucking listen to you guys all the time. Your oh, show's nice. amazing. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks, man. That's some of the but, only um, merch I got, by the way, was Tuck CD. Oh, you're I really? have nice. like I wanted to do other stuff, but I wanted to make sure I, I I got his his CD so he could sign it. And he wrote like in the I thought he was gonna write like to Courtney, like but he wrote like a heart and then his name in the corner. I'm like I can't, I'm old, I can't even see this. <laughs> and then I was kind of hoping he'd be at the show Sunday because I incorporated him into into my act, which yeah I should give up that that's a joke I wrote for Jamie St James and I stole it from myself. To have something new for Sunday and, and then added Tuck to it because I thought it'd be I was trying to think of like one of the young guys, but I, I couldn't do Jason because Jason was there the first time when the joke. Right. So he already knew it, but I don't know. I just thought I thought Tuck maybe would be there and I would just incorporate him for fun. So it's a good sport. It's a good sport. That means you're the Gene Simmons of comedians. You recycle your own material. <laughs> I do, but I figure, you know, they're only going to tell it once. So I steal my own jokes back all the time. Yeah, but, I mean. You don't have a joke equivalent to burn, bitch, burn, so you're doing okay. No, not yet. I don't not have a yet. log in the fireplace. I got to no have a log, log in, the in the my fireplace. fireplace. Just yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an act of thrust. 
Oh. Um. <laughs> well, and Tuck was Tuck was awesome at the pre-party show. He did uh, "Come On and Love Me" by Kiss yeah. and uh, "Surrender" by Cheap Trick, which oh. was amazing. That's my favorite yeah. Kiss song, by the way. I was like geeking out like crazy with Blackie. We were both singing it in the nice. uh, learn astrology with Paul Stanley. You know, huh? learn astrology with Paul Stanley. <laughs> I know, and Tuck's so awesome, you know, I'm talking to him, and he's like, you know, I've been thinking about moving to Nashville, so I'm telling him about my neighborhood, like, oh, you should move over on this side of town, we could hang out all the time. <laughs> Where does he live? I, oh, he doesn't live in Nashville? Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, I thought he was still, I thought he moved up here. I thought he was oh, local. Cool. Okay. Uh, pretty close. Not too but yeah, far. Yeah, he was, he was awesome, and then, um. I'm ready to move to Nashville. Do you it, should. Courtney. Oh, we can hang um, out all the time. I know. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper and less crazy than L.A., although we are catching up. To the crazy. Because all the people from L.A. coming here. <laughs> yeah. So from my perspective, Friday was a uh, 13-hour day. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we, we showed up at uh, 8.30 in the morning, unloaded in the rain, and set up all day long. And um, I was glad we got to the uh, pre-party mixer in time. To hang out, and uh, I do have to give a shout out to our uh, our title sponsor, Pantheon Podcast. Those guys were great to work with, and oh yeah, they were real happy with all their accommodations, and uh, you know they had a special box at Eastside Bowl that they could hang out in. So it, that worked out good with them. But um, thirteen hour day Friday, and then a thirteen hour day Saturday for us. Yeah, that's a killer venue. Oh, and speaking of Jeremy, to go back to Jeremy for a second, when we were leaving, because I, I I had a rental car that had like three rows of seats they ran out of cars so they gave me like a bus so i was like driving everybody home and stuff and Jer- on our way out jeremy was like oh my god did you i can't believe who was playing in the bar did you guys know about who was playing in the bar we yeah. were all in the big room yeah, o- oddly freed was playing in the in the, the low volume lounge yeah. at east side ball it was crazy jeremy's head oh, yeah. exploded he was like he is one of the brightest guitar players yep. in the world like he like kind of geeked out it was kind of cool to see well, geek out on that our friend david hudson who hosts state of america black crows podcast mm-hmm. he looked over at me and he was like how the fuck does this happen and right. I, I was like that's that's nashville for you he and also rock and pod Cheryl you never Crow's know whole band was there basically. yeah but i mean right. oddly was in the black crows for a while mm-hmm. too and um david was just losing his mind over the whole thing but yeah all the guitar players were like running over there yeah. <laughs> That's right, because we I walk out of what I think is the party, mm-hmm. and I walk out into the lounge, and it's like all these people are watching this other band play, and it's like, well, what's going on out here? And I seen D Hud, he's like, that guy was in the Black Crows. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I thought that's crazy, man. You know, I thought you know you're in this other room with all these rock stars. You walk out, there's another one. That's yep. so Nashville. That's the cool thing. That's I mean, so in Nashville. LA, it's kind of like, hey, there's Corey Feldman again. You know, we don't get <laughs> we don't get that cool ass shit. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. LA's changed a lot. Um, used to be that way though. Uh, yeah, used you used to see people all the time, but uh, but yeah, Nashville's really kind of become like similar to LA in the late '80s, early '90s, where mm-hmm. you never know who you're going to run into. Yeah, and um. Um, I've run into a few people here and there, but yeah, that the pre-party was great. Um, then I got all of like three hours of sleep that night. Um, <laughs> came back early to open up. The, it was cool though. That, Cause like the, the vendors were setting up well into the night after we left to go to the show. So I didn't get to see the whole room set up until Saturday morning when I walked in. So that was really interesting to walk in and see everyone's, you know, booth set up. And, um, yeah, I'll say this one, 
this the the room that we had was as close as we've ever gotten to what like the vision I had in my head all these years of mm-hmm. like what it could be. So it was it was really great to see that and and we've had so much great feedback on the venue. Everyone yeah. just loved the fairgrounds. So it was great. Aside from how difficult it was to find the damn building, I it did was go to the wrong place. I went downtown. Everyone did by accident because the MapQuest automatically took you to a different Kelly Street or something. Yeah, it was taking people all over the place. I was downtown. Was wow. and I'm like, this can't be it. This is a bagel shop. Like, <laughs> it was weird. But then, uh, I oh yeah, my yeah. friend, I had Brandon uh, cook with me, and he um, he figured it out. And my friend Kelly, my friend Kelly came with me who she used to work at the comedy store here in LA. I've known her for 25 years. She mm-hmm. doesn't know any of this stuff. She doesn't know any of the pocket. She doesn't know any of the band. She only knew Eric Martin because I yeah. played the song. And then she's like, I know that song. She didn't know anything. Wow. I brought her to that because she's um, friends with Anna Manis, who's the host of Zeus's Muses. Yeah. And so she came to support her and me and she had the time of her life. She had oh, the right. best time. She's like, I met so many nice. Her new best friend is Matt Porter and Bobby Dreher, her new best friends. Oh, like, nice. she had the best time. She went around and checked out everything. She's like, this is, she's like, I'm coming next year. I'm totally going to come just like as a patron. Like, that's awesome. She had a blast. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. That, that, those are the things I love to hear. Yeah. Is people that have no idea what they're walking into. No clue. Like, oh, I'm coming back. That's, that's the best feedback you can get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, Aaron, what when uh, Saturday morning? When did you arrive? You got there pretty early, right? I got there pretty early because uh, my wife wanted to finish setting up her booth and be ready to sell some T-shirts and things. So we got her down there pretty early, and uh, you know, well before anything kicked off. I, it's one of the funniest things. Like the very beginning of it, like I'm outside, out the side doors, and I'm ha- I'm having a smoke, you know, because I got plenty of time before things kick off. And this car pulls up. And this guy gets out with this great big camera. And he goes, hey, can I take a picture of you? And I said, sure. You know, so he takes a picture of me. And I said, are you here with Rock and Pod? And he says, no, what's that? And so I tell him about it. He's not there with Rock and Pod. He's there to do some documentary thing about the speedway up the hill. Oh, no kidding. Weird. So this guy stops and goes, Look at this shiny fucker. I got to take a picture of that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I was funny. like, oh. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a good day. Yeah. And then, you know, the doors are open. All my podcast friends are there. All these kick-ass rock stars are all over the place. I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, to see when the people, when the doors finally open and the people all start coming in and seeing them looking around and they're looking for certain things. Like they're they're looking at everything, but they're there to see certain things. Like you can tell, some people got the Swiss Sister T-shirts on. Some people are looking for Cobras and Fire. You know, somebody's out there really? looking to meet Corsi Crone and Dole. <laughs> you know, somebody who was that? There to, somebody's there to buy some Star Wars stuff. You know, and it's and it's like this look of wonderment on people's eyes when they're first walking into the place about how eclectic this all is. You know, because I think. Having like the comic books and the Star Wars stuff there really kind of it didn't take away from Rock and Pot. I think it mm-hmm. added to it. You know, I, I think, think it so. gave I it agree. a little something for everybody. And like you said, somebody that maybe came in to buy a lightsaber <laughs> then looked around and said, well, "Holy Definitely shit!" Definitely got it's... laid. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and they were wearing Kiss Crocs. You have yeah, to have that too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm definitely coming back to this next year. Uh. (laughs) 
but that's just it. You know, the people that see that and then say, this is amazing. I want to come back to this again and have no idea what they were even wandering into. And then, like I said, just, man, Rock and Pod to me is always like a family reunion where you get to see the, all the people that you haven't seen since last Rock and Pod. Yeah. And the great friends that we've made over the years doing this and the amazing people that we get to meet doing this. And it's such a trip, man. And it's, I don't know, man. It's its really hard to explain. Like, if you haven't been there, I can tell you all about it. But you're not going to get the feeling you get of actually being there. That's the truth. That's true. Because I'm more excited. I mean, I'm excited to see the guests, of course. You know, and some of them are also friends of mine. But I'm i am most excited to see all you guys. To see all the people I met at the first one and the second one. You know, and Ken Mills and Christine were definitely missed, like... Yeah. You know, there was definitely a hole there. So I called Ken on like on my FaceTime like I did last time. And I didn't get to walk around with him too much, but I sat with him on with Ralph and Ian. So so he could be kind of a part of it. Yeah. Oh, we missed him for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, for me, like I seemed like everything went off for the most part pretty much to schedule. Um, you know, we had some issues with uh, the parking situation and stuff at the beginning, but that's just kind of part and parcel of this thing every time it, it, you're going to have hiccups and you're going to have things that you have to overcome. But, um, the volunteer staff we had, uh, in this, the bet and like every year we have a great staff, but the, this one topped them all. Oh my um, God. Every, the volunteers were amazing with their maps and yeah. their everything. Tracy, everyone, Tracy's yeah, every, troops, uh, I call them. <laughs> yeah, everyone was completely on top of everything they had to do, and the guests were happy. We got so much great feedback from the guests, especially like uh, Jason McMaster and Stevie Rochelle. Both were like, "Man, like, like you know, we do a lot of these. We do festival shows and we do events all the time. And even where they have a team, they don't know what the hell they're doing, or the you know, or one group doesn't know what the other group's doing, or where I'm supposed to go." They're like, you guys had all that down to a science. And, like, you know, this was, like, very painless, easy to do, and fun. So um, that means the most to me is how well it comes off. And and if it wasn't for Tracy and Christine and all the volunteers, um, it never would be as good as it is. So, um, yeah, because yeah, I get all this praise and stuff. But, like, it's, I'm a small part of this thing. Like, there's a whole team of people that do all the, all the really heavy lifting on this thing. So, um I have, you know, I'm eternally grateful to all of them for that because it, it takes a whole team of people to make that thing work. Right. I overheard Stevie Rochelle talking to somebody on Saturday, telling a story about how, like, he can go to do a show where it's his band and an opening band, and it's way more of a hassle than an entire day of Rock and Pod because Rock and Pod is just runs so smoothly like a clock. Where like even something so simple as it's two bands trying to play, you know, one open for the other one, and it's a clusterfuck. You know, he's like, I've been in those situations so many times, my mind's blown about how this all works. Right. Yeah. And I, I props to our friend Rick who came in and Rick was, you yeah. know, kind of like the guy that I needed for anything. You know, he would drive people to and from the airport to oh, clubs. Yeah, that and, dude. Yeah. Oh, he's Rick the is best. awesome, man. He is the coolest. He is a little naughty. He's completely naughty. That's yeah, why but, we uh, love him. That's why we love him, though. Because yeah, I'm you, doing you, once hand you meet Rick, you, for a reason. Then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. He he knows. We know. Everybody knows. He wears Rick's it like a, a badge. Naughty. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and, and this is not firsthand. I I heard it secondhand because all all the gossip gets to the comedians for some reason. Sure. It always yeah. comes right to us. 
Oh, he is one of the most fun and entertaining people I've ever been around in my life. And on top of that, totally responsible. Like when the guests are going back and forth to hotels and everything and he's in charge of them, they can feel completely confident that they're going to get where they're going safely. Oh, Craig loved him. And likely highly entertained as well. Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, the guy who picked me up was so awesome. (laughs) He was so funny. (laughs) Well, and it's cool. Like last year when we had uh, Carmine and Vinny, then he got in, Rick got introduced to them by shuttling them everywhere they had to go. And they loved him so much. He ended up with a job with the brothers out of it. Yeah, he works works for them. I love that. He also roadies for Pat Travers now too. So he, you know, he, he was a roadie back years ago wow. and like he, he gave it up for a while, but now he's full on back into doing it again. I love it. That's a great yeah. story. You know, and I was thinking too, like on the other side of like how Stevie Rochelle was talking about how everything was great at rock and pod for me personally, because I think a lot of people said, Oh, Stevie Rochelle, that's the guy that Chris got to come for Aaron. You know, that's Aaron's guy. Kind of true. And everybody (laughs) that talked about Stevie and their interactions with him, like, were blown away. I don't want to say blown away, but they were so, like, they were like, he is so nice. That's what everybody said. Such a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And that made me proud, you know, because it's like, yeah, you know, Stevie Rochelle is kind of my guy, you know, and I was so excited to meet him. And our interview up on stage in front of the audience went so good. Mm-hmm. And he's having a blast, and everybody that's meeting him's having a blast. And, you know, and you can say that about everybody, all the guests that were there, you know, everybody was so good to everybody. And that's, that's always, that's the rock and pod way, you know? That's too bad Earl Skakel wasn't with me this time because he loves tough. Yeah, oh yes, my he God. does. He would have he would have been so into that. But yeah, no, people were just like there was nobody where it was like this, you know, sometimes there's the one person, but I feel like there wasn't the one person. Like it just seemed to like mm-hmm. go really well. Like everybody was like super cool about everything. And, yeah, there there was, but I'm not gonna say who it all was. All right. The, uh, well there I but, personally uh, did not become a decibel geek VIP on Patreon <laughs> oh, and I'll tell you who the person was. VIP. I might have to become one. I just want to hear. Um yeah. nothing major though. No, I know, I know. Just I know. little stuff. Little stuff. But little stuff when you're stressed out like that and you're running a yeah. gigantic event like that, just tiny things will just continue yeah, I, I, I stressful. Almost, I almost reenacted the scene from Scanners, but I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but yeah, oh it was. Um, but no, the expo went off pretty much without a hitch. Um, yeah. And also, I like that we featured more of the local bands. Local bands got space at yeah. the at the convention, and um, you know, got a new a lot of new fans out of that. The the vendors I've been were saying great. That, I've been saying that for years, telling local bands here. You know, you need to get a table at Rock and Pod because. We're bringing in all these people that are already predetermined to like you. You know, uh-huh. all you got, all you got to do is make the introduction. You know, and it was cool for me after years and years of preaching that to people, local musicians, that this year they really were in on it. And I made a point on the stage at one point to say, "Hey, you know, we all love the legends, but they're all getting older. And what are we going to do when they're gone? We'll look right over here. It's the future of rock and roll. Right. This is what's going to be there." When the rest of the guys are dead and retired, you know, that's right. And and I look over there, I see like they appreciate that, you know. Yeah. And I really wanted to give them some good, you know, some shine light on these guys because, sure. like I said, you know, without them, this shit's all got a time limit on it. 
It's yeah. the truth. I learn about all band new bands from you guys and from even from Baco. He actually does some good in my life. Um, no, <laughs> I well, you got me into Tora Tora. I know they're not new, but I didn't really know them before, like five uh, years ago, till I till you got oh, me into it. Chris. And then yeah. Goodbye June. Holy cow! Do I like that? Oh, great band. Yeah. And talk, of course, and. You know, like, I mean, at, that's how I find out about new stuff is from listening to all the podcasts. So, yeah. right. Well, yeah. And then, and like with the local bands, you know, we, we, we had 12 slots available, but, um, but just purely because it, it, it was, I never thought I would worry about space running out in a 35,000 square foot room, yeah. but we did. <laughs> and I had to turn like eight to nine bands away that w- after we had run out of space wow. saying, you know, I can't, I can't give you a table. It won't work because I don't have any room left. So it's like, um, that's the, it's, it's crazy that we outgrow every room we do every year. But thankfully with the fairgrounds, that's uh, three different buildings that are connected. So you can grow into that space. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Wow. And now everybody knows where it is and where to park. And it's so funny. <laughs> like, I don't know why, for some reason, everyone feels the need to ask me where things are. I don't fucking know. Like, yeah. my phone's blowing up, like, the first hour and a half from different people. I'm not going to call them out. Where is this? Where is this? I'm like, you I don't say know. It's Craig I and Dawn. went in the it's wrong fine. door. <laughs> I went in the wrong door. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy's like, when I came back for lunch, she's like, I haven't even seen you. Why didn't you come in this door? I go, I didn't even know there was lunch. And I was like starving. And and Jeannie's the one who told yeah. me that there was like a green room back there. I had no idea. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> it's all fine. But then, cause I'm like, oh my God, I'm starving. I, you know? Um, and then she goes, oh, there's food back there. And then Tracy's like, there's vegetarian right here. There's vegetarian salad. Oh. She had my back. I was like, "Yeah." We tried to we tried to take care of everybody. This you time. did. Yeah. It was good too. It was really delicious. <laughs> or you could have. I mean, you could have bought a seven dollar pretzel, but that's I, okay. I did that too, and it, it okay. was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Okay, we shared a pretzel. What I did when I got lost was I found me a Nashville tour guide from Montreal. I got to meet Eric Luzier, a longtime listener, Decibel Geek. He came down from Montreal to be at Rock and mm-hmm. Pod. And he'd actually been in Nashville for a couple of days before Rock and Pot, so he got to know downtown pretty good. So when we go down to Keelfest, I go in the door, I order a beer, I drink it, and I go, I cannot drink another beer until I get something to eat. Because when I'm doing my thing during the day, the last thing I'm thinking about is, I need to stop and get something to eat. Until it's down to, I cannot drink any more beer until I get some food in me. Yeah. Yeah, I look ar- I look around Bowie's and it is so packed and there's so many people holding the little things with the numbers on them. I go, I just don't trust that our food's going to get here before I pass out. I said, I got to find something. So I grabbed the Mooger Fooger out the door. We went. Eric says, I know a place where we can eat. So we marched up about two blocks, went to the Kid Rock Club. He took us up like five floors into that place. We finally found a place at the bar and ate. Oh, but if nice. It was- but if it wasn't for Eric, I'd have never made it that night. But we came back down and hung out for Keelfest a little while well, longer. It's always smart to get local food recommendations from a guy from Canada. <laughs> from Montreal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. he was, that guy. That guy he became was awesome. my awesome buddy this weekend, yeah. man. Shout out to Eric Luzier, man. Awesome. And he brought both of us maple syrup from Canada. Aww. Sure did. So I can't wait to have waffles in the next couple of days. My wife? Brought home pancakes today from the grocery store. I said, thank you so much. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. I mean, and it, then, uh, there's so many people that you meet, you know, and they'd like, 
oh, I wanted to meet you guys because I love Decibel Geek. It's like that, you can't beat that. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, these people over here are the stars. And to them, they're like, no, it's it's you guys. You know, that it's warms true, my heart though. every time. They listen to you and then they want to meet you. I, I'm happy. I got to meet people I've been Facebook friends with for few years and have never met right. you know so like that was fun mm-hmm. i always love that meeting people you think you know each other and then you realize like when you're talking you're like oh my god this is the first time we've ever met face to face like yeah, right. you don't realize it you know because you talk on podcasts or on the phone you know or on facebook and you think oh yeah we're on zoom you know we're hanging out so yeah and that's matt porter's thing is he says it's your it's your rock and pod is your facebook come to life it is yeah. that's funny yeah. oh my god matt porter boy did he have a good time he is just Matt Porter has a good time. Oh my he God. Goes. He's just always yeah. smiling. I just love him. So he, he and Bobby both. They're so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help but smile when you're around those people. Oh yeah. Um, so Aaron, I think you were the only one of us three that got to go to Kiel fest. So, uh, what's your, what's your review of Kiel fest? It was packed, man. There was a lot of people in there. It was, it was difficult to navigate. Cause like mm. the bathroom is up behind the stage, so yeah. if you got to take a leak, you got to like gotta go through the crowd. Yeah, and people don't like that at Keel Fest. They fought for those spots, you know. They don't want to take a step out of the way. But I was back there hanging out with Ralph and Ian, you know, with those two laughing my ass off the oh. whole time. They had me <laughs> cracking up so hard, and it's like, please don't make me pee. I have to. I can't make the mile march through the crowd to get to the bathroom. <laughs> But those guys are so awesome to be around. Mark Alden Taylor was down there. Um, Charlie from uh, Mark's show. Jerry, I think, oh, was down there. Yeah, Charles was down there. Hanging out with those guys, just laughing my ass off because they're so funny. And the bands were good. You know, the show was good. There were some hardcore Keel fans in there, man. It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty cool to see all of them, like, going nuts because, you know, the Keel Fest thing, this was only the second one that's ever, ever happened. Mm-hmm. So... There was people I'm sure that made the trek to the first one would never miss the second one, and people that were having their very first opportunity to see Steeler and Keel and the Ron Keel band all in one setting. Mm-hmm. Seeing the hardcore fans of Ron Keel was pretty cool to see them and how they were just I mean, I guess it was kind of like the same glazed over look the first time I ever saw Kiss. It was what I kind of compared it to, and so it was pretty neat to see that. But everybody was having a good time. The drinks were flowing. The place was a little smoky. It was pretty right. cool. You but can I smoke could only, in there? Uh, no, well, some people were smoking. <laughs> oh, oh, like pot smoking? <laughs> it's Nashville. We still, yeah, we don't oh. get to smoke pot. One of which is on camera right now, Courtney. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Chris, what were you doing? No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, pff, wasn't me. I passed out. I didn't even get to go yeah, to Yeah, everyone's like, where's Chris Sinzak? I was like... I Leaping. yeah, he was the smart smart one because I was well, even I was like man, yeah. you know I've been on my feet all day long. I outran the batteries in my shoes. I am tired. <laughs> I'm ready to pass out. And I'm telling the wife I'm really ready to pass out. And she's like, well, you know, you kind of need to go to that because people are going to be expecting to see you. That's true. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like. Mooger Fooger, you just say the word, and I'm staying home. And he's like, are you ready to go? I was like, ah, fuck. Okay. <laughs> but, I was, but I'm glad we went. It was an adventure, and it was a lot of yeah. fun. No, I, I, I didn't get out of the fairgrounds almost 9 o'clock at night because I was packing up stuff with my wife and, and getting the truck loaded. And then I was like, all right, let's go get a beer. We'll get dinner, and then we'll go to Keel Fest. 
we go there and I get through like a beer and a half uh, and I finished eating and I looked at my wife and I was like, I'm seriously about to, th- to pass out right now. <laughs> like I got lightheaded. Yeah. I was like something. My body's telling me, no, you're not doing another damn thing. So we went back to the hotel and collapsed. So I couldn't make Kill Fest. Well, that was yeah, smart, I though. I mean, because yes, the next day we had to get up I mean, <laughs> early, basically. I just went back well, to my friend's house and we drank too much yeah. red wine. I definitely was a little hungover during the movie. Well, yeah. and say, then, yeah, so, so That's my excuse for being a little late to the movie screening. <laughs> so, well, I went so to Kill Fest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to bed at 10. It. And I still yeah. was like, yeah. well, I had to go pick up the chairs. Right. The oh, God, the whole so chair I drove, gate. it was like a 45 minute drive uh, to get there. I know it's not, I know it wasn't an easy drive, but, and uh, then I but got we got there. you some free chairs. We, <laughs> so. No, it was a huge help, but I get there and then they go, oh, we already loaded them all up. We don't need your car anymore. And I'm like, what? I just went like, what? I just, but you got a nice drive road. through the countryside. Like, <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm dying. What? So, yeah, she drove to Nolansville for that, and then they'd already had them loaded from up. From Bellevue. Um, Bellevue. Wow. From Bellevue. That's a real haul. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I yeah, went to the from- theater. And, well, first I went to Starbucks, and it took 45 minutes because everybody was just getting out of church. I'm like, I forgot about Sundays in, in, you know, in the South. Nashville. People, yeah. It took me four hours to go like a mile because everyone's getting out of church. But in L.A., I think I said this on stage Sunday night, like us sinners in L.A., we have no traffic on Sunday. But I ran into a lot of traffic and then at Starbucks, it was like every fucking person on earth was in Starbucks. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. People were waiting for a table. There was like a line for a table in Starbucks. It, it, it's still the Bible belt, even though it's changed. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. you time your uh, Starbucks and your Cracker Barrel around the church on church. Sunday mornings here. Yeah. You got to do Starbucks at nine o'clock before they get out. Yep. Of oh, yeah. Um, no, I had bad. But timing. yeah. So, so like for me, we went back to the fairgrounds, continued loading up, and then it was time to go to the theater, which Full Moon Cineplex, still the coolest theater in Nashville because it. it's loaded up with horror and all kinds of cool yeah. um, pop culture stuff on the wall. One hundred percent, yeah. And um, but though the 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 movie screening to me, I, I had a blast at that. And let me be the first to say, Courtney yet again, star of the show because the. The bell sound effect was <laughs> fucking genius. <laughs> my Me Too bell? Oh, my God. Yeah. It was like, anytime there's potential rape, I'm going to hit this bell. <laughs> and that bell was going off through the entire movie. You're ringing it so much, I think it malfunctioned there for a minute, didn't it? <laughs> it did. I had to reset it a couple times because they said when they get to the pool scene and there's just passed out women in a blow-up yeah, doll it's like 20 pool. different women passed out everywhere. I mean, it was so wrong the fact that they were eating breakfast over a passed out woman on the table i know it's a joke you know i get that it's funny but it's you know you're still just like whoa like i'm just saying anyone with no sense of humor who doesn't get kissed who doesn't understand that a that a a comedian the guy who hosted is the guy who wrote it so of course he wrote that the girl takes her top off and gets into the hot tub with him right (laughs) you know and and then because you think paul wrote it because bruce and eric had two lines but, oh, it was awful. Oh my god, I'm like, where are they? <laughs> like they're at the beach with Sonny Crockett, the monkey. Uh, that's funny. Cut her out. <laughs> yeah. Cut her out of the movie. Oh, I you know what? I I meant to tell him I should have I should have said something. I meant to text him and say we were doing Kiss Exposed. I forgot. Oh man, I forgot. I should have done it before and said, Do you have anything? That we could yeah. say, like what Bruce yeah. would want to say. Shoot, why didn't I do that? 
I'm a bad person. Well, and then the scene at the pool where, you know, there's all these passed out women, but there's a passed out guy in the pool. I don't know if it was your line or not, but somebody was like, who's that guy? And somebody said, that's Vinny Vincent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. And then Alan, you know, Alan gets a bug in his butt and he gets all excited because he's like a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Alan was like in front of me and I had all my post-it notes, like, because I actually write shit before we do this because I'm not quick like those guys are. Like mm-hmm. I had a lot of stuff that I that off the top of my head, but I'm a writer. I like to have things written in front of me. So I had all these post-it notes and I was putting them all over the thing and all over. They were just everywhere. And Alan kept trying to turn around and talk to me. And I was just like, Alan, turn around, sit down. Like I was his mother. <laughs> like, Alan, I need to focus. I need to gather my thoughts. And then that's and funny. Then, I and, saw all that. I was sitting yeah, up behind you. I could see all that transpiring. All my notes and everything, which <laughs> yeah. a lot of them just went out the window. And I just got in the groove with Don and Craig, and we just got into a groove, and it was fun. So I did throw a lot of it out. I just went, forget it. So, um, but uh, but he turned around and he handed me a note, and I didn't know what he was talking about. And it was he wrote "Mod of Thunder" because we were talking about the shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know about Mod of Thunder, oh, about Mod of Thunder. That's yeah, been an inside yeah. joke with us podcasters for a I, long time. I didn't know it. So he turns around, he's holding up a note that says Mod of Thunder, and I'm like, Alan, I don't I don't know what that is. Like <laughs> I, I didn't I mean I should have just said it, but then here's why I did it also, because if I did, I was afraid of this happening every 10 minutes because Alan's funny and he oh, have ideas, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I can't handle that. My brain works no. in a way that like, I can't handle outside things well, you, or I have to start. Yeah, you don't want to get suggestions over. in the middle of everything. Yeah. I have to start yeah. all over again. That's why like right before I go on stage, I, I, I look like a crazy person, but I just go, nobody talk to me because I have yeah. to run through everything I'm going to say in my head. Cause I write stuff that day. So I've I've had to memorize new things that day, or even in the car on the yeah. way over. That's just how my brain works. Well, and the my favorite line aside from that one I mentioned was uh, they go into the kiss like the basement or whatever, the attic or whatever, yeah. and they're going through all the old stuff. And you were like, "Oh, I guess that's for my Kiss Dubai DVD." <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that was the my Vinnie Vincent box set of this year. Yeah, yep. that was great. That was the best one. That <laughs> place. <laughs> Blew up for a second there. <laughs> I can't believe people still haven't gotten that. That's insane. Oh, oh man, that was so funny. Yeah, half the half the half the people laughed, and the other half said, "That's not funny, Courtney. I'm still waiting on mine." I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, some, a couple uh, things. Some people flat. didn't like, roll with the joke. The lip syncing yeah. joke felt felt really. Flat. Uh, I laughed at all those. Woo. Yeah. I, but like the um, nothing is flat is Ralph's uh, assessment of Mark St. John. Oh my intro. god! Oh boy. <laughs> I didn't know about the the, the child pornography yeah. thing. I didn't even well, know that, about that. It it it's known among Kiss fans, but I, I love the Ralph was just just threw it out there like it was it, nothing. Oh, and Courtney, then Don was Courtney like, says, "Who's this, Ralph?" And Ralph goes, "Oh, that's Mark St. John, the, uh, pedophile. the pedophile." And and she goes, "Oh," and he goes, "Oh." The dead pedophile. The dead pedophile. And then, and then, and then the rest of the Don place had, goes, ah. Well, and Don had a great line. Don goes, thanks for being subtle about it. <laughs> well, I thought I felt like Ralph needed a little like poking and prodding, you know? Yeah. And I was like, give us deep shit. Like, tell us stuff that we don't know. Like, I, Craig knew about the pedophile thing. I didn't. And I, and I try yeah. to be on top of all that stuff, you know, before the movie. But I didn't even know about that. 
So yeah. <laughs> those guys were pretty funny though. Everybody, well, everybody was. Get it? They're fucking. Like I knew Craig would do yeah. jeans the whole time. Get it? That means we're fucking. Yeah, that Get was it, a good. Man. That was a good callback over and over again. <laughs> great yeah, I love that. All around. And then my- I always think that the the movie the movie screening part of Rock and Pod Weekend is always kind of an underrated thing, and it's yeah. like a certain select group of people show up to that. But to me. That's one of the things I look forward to the most because what you guys are able to do with your commentary and having the funny minds there that are also KISS fans, you know, to be able to make fun of something like that is it's always one of the highlights of the weekend. And this weekend was no, no exception. No, this was fun. I mean, Phantom was fun, but this movie is mm-hmm. just it. It, it's it's a tiny bit more entertaining because of the videos because the songs are yeah. good. We like the songs, and that's why I thought Ian and Ralph would be great to like rotate them in. And Ian had some great one liners. Yeah. You know, he had some really really great ones. But I thought it was great, like you know, rotating them in because you know that's why we're here at Rock and Pod to be with each other. You know, and I think we should if we ever do anything like that again, we should definitely have like you know more more of you guys, more of the podcasters come in. You know. And so I, I thought that was fun. Like, there's like 10 music videos. I'm like, we got to break that up somehow. It can't be us right. the whole time. Like, I'm sure Ralph and Ian will have inside shit that we don't know. That's what I said. I go, go deep. Just hit us with stuff that you don't think that we would know that you guys know, you know, and like your inside jokes with everybody, like throw them out, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think that was, um, I think that that made it super fun. And God, I had one more thing I wanted to say. Oh, I made AIDS jokes. I made two AIDS jokes. And got away with it in that room. And that was another reason why I love the oh. rock and pot. Oh, you can't with this crowd. Well, I couldn't yeah. believe I got away with that. Like it's a very non-PC group right. of people. Well, <laughs> yeah, true. what I said was pretty bad. But um, but I mean it was so ridiculous. I mean, it was about Paul Stanley fucking a mon- I mean, there was a monkey in the bed. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought Sunny that was Crockett. fucking hilarious. There was a monkey in the bed. Um, I could totally get canceled. That's how AIDS got started, folks. I thought year. that was great. Yeah, I'll get canceled uh, from my but, $38 worth of work the rest well, of the year. But no, I'm kidding. But my you'll next always be welcome back to rock and pot. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Pod, I might get a raise. I, I, I think that would work on monsters too. Actually, I might, sure. I might whip that one. Out. I think it would too. But like my my wife didn't get to go to the Phantom one, so she was excited to see some of the the exposed one. And uh, there's nothing more priceless than seeing your wife uh, react to the Paul Stanley workout portion oh, of the video. Having so never seen like, it before, yeah. She had never seen it before, and she was like. Why is this your favorite band again? This is god awful. Uh-huh. I was like, I know, but I thought this was the coolest thing ever when I was twelve. Yeah. Well, and we didn't even have to say anything during that part. That just spoke for itself. No, it, it writes itself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and dirty know, minds and clean bodies. And on top of all the funny shit that was happening there, how cool was it to see like that old Kiss footage? Yeah. Of them live on the giant yeah. screen, man. Very yeah. cool. That was that cool. was cool. That was cool. It was like well, and then we moment of silence and, and, for uh, for Deuce. It got quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. what can you say to that? I mean, it was like it, it was awesome. Wow. And then we closed out the weekend with uh, an awesome one-two punch with uh, comedy and music with the the an amazing punchlines and backlines with uh, you guys and then uh, Eric Martin, you know, doing comedy for the first time and then an, a great acoustic set to to close our weekend out. I couldn't think of a better way to to end things off with than that that show. That was yeah. really fun. Aaron hosting, Aaron Aaron doing the big yep. intro and it's getting all shiny. 
leaving the movie theater, everyone's like, Shane and I are in town now, and we don't want to go back to the house. We're in town to stay. So we're planning on going right to the next thing. So what's everybody doing? Oh, we're going back to the hotel. Oh, we're doing this. We're going back to the fairgrounds. So what are you doing? I said, we're going to go drink. And Courtney says, Aaron, (laughs) do not get drunk. And I said, no, no, I won't get drunk. I won't get drunk. Aaron, if you get drunk, you're not going to get to introduce us. <laughs> and I said, Courtney, I promise I won't get drunk. And then we hopped in with Brandon Fields, and I've got Mike Tyler with me. I got the Mooger Fooger with me. We got Craig Gass in the front seat, so the three of us are squished in the back. Craig's telling us hilarious stories on the ride to the hotel. And of course. We, of get him drop, we get him dropped off, and it's like, well, now what are we going to do? I said, I know there's a little dive bar around the corner from here. So then for the next three hours, we sat down there and drank beer and cool. shot pool with Brandon Fields. But I, I was pacing. Brandon. He's awesome. He's a great guy. So much fun to hang out with. We had a great conversation. We went back and forth on games of pool. It was a good time. And uh, I just told him, I got to pace myself a little bit here because if I... Courtney's going to be mad at me if I show up and I'm hammered. (laughs) And she is. No, well, it's just hard to get your thoughts. You know what I mean? It's hard to, um, you know, I I never drink before shows. I just don't. Uh, Like before I go up on stage, I just don't. I never do. I think I've drank on stage. I can count on my hands how many times I've had a drink on stage. Thursday night at Wine Down was one of them. Thursday you did. I I was drinking a can of rosé because this kid dug a hole the size of the fucking Grand Canyon and I had to go dig us out of yes, it. Yes, he did. So I was going to go, if I was going to go down in flames, I was going to put him out with Rosé. It ended up working in our favor. Nice. It ended up going well. It was I had a really great time. So did Don. But man. I'm thinking Arby's. We won't be working with that kid again. Yeah, well, oh, it's a brutal story. I don't even want to tell it. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm not going to oh, tell it. Oh, it's so it. awful. So anyway, um, yeah. anyway uh, yeah, so I just... I, that's just how I am. So whenever I say, like, if you're doing the show, like, no drinks before the show, like, I have to tell Izzy that, you know, when we do even on, I just sent our rider to um, for monsters for for our hospitality for punchlines and backlines on the cruise. And I put a note saying the drinks are for after the show only. I go, There's no <laughs> drinking before or during your set by rules of Courtney. <laughs> Good idea. Because we are working. Yeah. Are oh, yeah. working. This is we have to be professional. Get drink all you want when you walk off the stage. Go take a bath and a fucking vat of beer. I don't care. But like before you go up there, you got to have a clear head. You know what I mean? And Aaron, you were just being yourself and like introducing us. I just wanted to make sure that you were like, I mean, I know you guys can have a good time together. So I just yeah. want to make sure that you know you weren't tripping the light fantastic. And by that meaning tripping over your fantastic light shoes. So yeah, right. I just wanted to make sure. But no, you did a great job. It was perfect. It was exactly what we needed. Just, you know, friendly, familiar face for the crowd, you know, to see. And the the wardrobe change was awesome. The wardrobe yeah. change. Yeah. Well, that 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 was all like as the moment. Cause I'm walking up back behind the backstage and I'm going, okay, do I go up now? Go up. Courtney says, go. And so I'm walking up and it was cold that day. So I had the silver jacket on underneath and I had a black sweatshirt on over the top. And as I'm walking up on the stage, I'm like, Oh shit, I meant to take this sweatshirt off before I got up here. And then it hit me. And then I went up there and said, Hey everybody, how are you doing? Oh, you don't recognize me. Then I threw off the sweatshirt, had the silver jacket underneath, and said, It's me, Aaron Camaro. But that's it fell in line within three seconds of walking up the stairs to the stage and to the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the best <laughs> ideas come right 
right then. Yeah. But and it was cool. And I was proud and honored to kick off the show. It yeah, was thank awesome. you for doing that. Because it's really hard to walk up there cold and be like, here's jokes. And then I made the blowjob joke after you walked off, and then the crowd was kind of <laughs> tight on it. And I went, Oh, all right. So I had to tone, I had to change stuff and tone it down right after I said yeah. that. So I toned my set down a little bit. And because I wasn't really sure, it was kind of a mixed bag. You know, we had the Eric Martin people upstairs and like, you know, the, our comedy friends downstairs. And then I had my mom's friends there. And, you know, we just had like a mixed bag. So I just, I toned it down after that. I realized that I came out a little too strong with that one. So just kind of took it down. But I feel like I did a really short set. I told Craig to light me at 12 and I feel like he lit me at four. Like, I feel like I was up there for like two minutes, but I don't know. It was fast. But anyway, it didn't matter um, because I brought up um, it probably was 12. And I just don't remember what I said because I was just in this like place. I was worried about (laughs) Eric by that point. At that point, Eric had I thought he was joking when we were talking at Rare Hair. We were out in the hall. I thought he was kidding when he said, will you stay up, stand up there with me? I'm like, yes. You know, and I'm like, he's kidding. I thought he was just making a joke, you know. And then the next at Rock and Pod, he said that he goes, I just think it'd be better if you're up there. Because of the the notes, you know, he's like, when I did Miles Away, I had it. I go, I could see those lyrics from space, Eric, your right. Miles Away lyrics. He goes, I still have trouble reading the stuff. And I go, and I have the same problem, you know, like reading stuff on yeah. stage and because the lighting and stuff, the shadows, it's hard. And it's mostly the shadows. It's just hard. And the lighting in there was not not a friend of me or Eric. Even I was going like this, you know, at the type. And I, and I, and I typed it all. So I should know it. But we skipped a couple things, you know, like um, when when he said, you know, c- you know, come out here and stand with me. I really thought he was kidding, but it did work. I think having yeah, him out no, there it was good. just to kind of get him rolling. I wanted him to get his laughs, get his laughs, yeah. which I knew would happen because he had gone on the floor telling us these stories. So we just punched him up a little bit, you know, like for the oh, for yeah. the beginning, he was supposed to say um, um, the Steven Tyler thing where he was swinging his junk back and forth and and it was i don't want to see his big 10 inch richard was supposed to be what it was but he just said his big 10 inch i think he forgot the punchline but it's fine and then um and then he got rolling and then we had this one joke after the thing about the the he hit the jokes about the soap opera because that's such a funny story Mm -hmm. that he's watching soap operas and you know and paul's like you know just noodling all day he said it was like all day and all night he would just be practicing you know and um and if you see his Instagram, it's very believable. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, yeah. it's just like magic fingers. So anyway, but and they were all super young, you know, or that those two were, you know. So mm-hmm. um, but anyway, the joke he skipped that was on the bottom of the page that I didn't feed him because I felt bad was the one joke was after watching all the soap operas, some of the Mr. Big songs got a little too real. So the guys told me to tone it down, like just take my heart used to be called who the fuck is Steve and why is he driving my car? (laughs) I'm like, Oh man, I really, I, any, any time the guest mentions one of their songs, people cheer. Right. So I'm like, as soon as you say, just take my heart, people are going to cheer. And then as soon as you throw that in, they're not going to expect that at all. It's going to get a huge laugh, but we, we skipped it. That was the one joke. I was bummed that, that we skipped. Um, but, yeah. And then we took the Aventasia stuff out completely because the joke was like, when I walked in, they were all looking at me like, it's the to be with you guy. What are you doing here, mm-hmm. man? And he goes, I'm your new singer. And they go, oh, sweet. Seriously, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> that was yeah. going to well, I mean, be the joke. But yeah. we just, I just picked up all the pages and moved it to get him to the David Coverdale because that was sure. yeah. that was the money. 
And he he did reference Avantasia, though, which I, to me, I'm like one of the five people in the room that were like, oh, hell yeah, Avantasia. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my German husband was knows cool. Avantasia. That was cool. Yeah, I, I love Avantasia. Um, but, uh, and Ed Guy and like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I thought he did great. He did um, do yeah. great. But, it was, uh, but it's like the premise of the show is like they're they're not supposed to come off like they're Eddie Murphy Raw nineteen eighty seven. No. They're, they're supposed to struggle. That's kind of part of the whole charm. That's the it. charm. It's the first time, and everybody knows they're not a comedian, you know. But they right. don't yeah. think they think they're going to bomb for some weird reason. No, they, 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 I think he did great. Like he did he was great. really funny. He was great. seriously. The story about introducing Paul Rogers to David Coverdale <laughs> was, was <great>. unbelievable. <laughs> I almost peed myself. I was laughing so hard. Chinese chicken salad. <laughs> Hello, Chinese chicken salad. Well, you know what I tried to do, what Don and I both tried to do, was cut down the story. So I cut it down, and then he's like, why Why is the story like this? And I go, because it's so long, Eric. I'm like, you have to yeah. cut it down. Because it's then we were in Sweden, then we were at the Polestar Awards. You know, it's like, just make it one event. I'm here the, the, right. and then Chinese chicken salad. Then I meet Paul Rogers and oh, look who walks in, you know. And but this is the way he tells the story on the on the bus, on the tour bus, on the airplane. Like this is how he, you know, tells the story. Because yeah. as soon as I first posted the show, Steve Brown wrote, make sure he tells the Coverdale story. It's so funny. You know, it was like the first thing. And and I was like, he, that was the first story he told us. So yeah. That and the Steven Tyler one. So I'm like, these are funny, funny story. And he's like, I have more, but I mean, we talked to him for two hours. He gave us so much great stuff. And, yeah. and people are like, Oh, how is it, you know, working with Eric? He's got a lot of energy, you know, and the, and he, and he, and I go, look, the more talking, the better for me. That's what I yeah, need. Right. I need, I want to hear it. And then we can figure it out. And Don and I are officially partnered now on writing on this show together. So, you know, we've been writing together for for like the last year, but now it's like official, you know, like, so we're writing partners. And so, you know, we get together, we send stuff back. He's got a punch. I've got a punch. He knows shit. I don't, you know, I put the, you know, the twist for the women fans, which I think is important, you know, because there's a lot of them there to see Eric. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but, and then, but the closing, you know, we wanted to tie it all around too. I went from being, I'm the TV with you guy to Eric Mark, to the guy from Mr. Big to the, to be with you guy to Chinese chicken salad. And then when he <laughs> threw to the crowd and everybody went Chinese chicken salad, yep. I'm like, yes, that's what we wanted. Yeah. Awesome. That's what we wanted. And it worked because it's such a fucking funny story so so quickly i'll just and then and then we'll and we got to give props to don and craig because they're both hilarious but just quickly while this is all tied together i ran into eric at the airport and so he came with me we actually were talking so much we walked by the lounge twice because we're both chatty so we were walking in circles and and uh so we went into the lounge and just hung out for a while and he's like talk he's like i was just emailing my friend about the show because he was going to he's going to he's in brazil for like two months or something yeah so he was getting ready to go to brazil and he was telling me about the stuff he's doing in brazil and just like that he had a great time so we just sat in the lounge together for a little bit and he's like oh i gotta board my plane i'm like why'd you come all the way over here Playing like so fast, he's like, ah, I just wanted to come hang out. He's he's just so sweet. So as he's leaving, he's like, Bye, you know, whatever, you know, we'll see you soon. Let's do this again. Let's work together again. Cause we had a really good time. And uh, he was very sweet. And as he got like towards the door, I went, Bye, Chinese chicken salad. Nice. <laughs> and awesome. he turned around in the middle of the airport lounge and went, That's me. <laughs> it was so funny. I I love, I just loved 
loved working with him. It was kind of like a geeky teenage dream to coming true sure. too, but like getting to know him and like spending time with him over the weekend. And I just realized like what a warm guy he is. Like he, he's this sweet guy, you know, like it's, um, yeah. I really liked working with him. He's, he's, he's good people. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, uh, and that was pretty much it for the weekend, but um, yeah, it was a, uh, it felt like I had lived a week in three days. Yes. It really did. It, it was, did. uh, it, it was a, it was a lot thrown at everybody in you know seventy two hours time, but uh, I mean I can't thank Aaron enough for being an amazing MC like he always uh-huh. is and always is like the best ambassador for this thing that I could ask for. And then um, I was born to do it. You were yeah, born and and Courtney for working so hard behind the scenes and um, you're the real rock star of that comedian group. I hope yeah. you know it. I've told Aaron you'll agree with me on this. Courtney is a bigger deal than the other two comedians in our world for Rock and Pod, is she not? She, everybody loves them all. There's no doubt about that. But Courtney not, is truly the fan favorite. Well, some of yeah. them just haven't talked to girls before, and I think when I get there <laughs> and I know their names, they're like, "Huh?" No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but she said hi. I have a chance. <laughs> quickly. Quickly, Don killed it. Don was fucking yeah. awesome. He was great. And yes, Craig he was. killed it. I'm glad I made Craig him go back and too. tell the Uncasville story because the dumpster sex story is gross. I'm like, go surrounding back and tell Uncasville and the surrounding communities because yep. that's everybody's favorite. Yeah. So I thought yeah. that that was, but they all, did great. Yeah, all three of you were great. and Throughout the and, whole you know, weekend, it, you know, everybody was so yeah. happy to interview those guys, Don and, and Craig, because, I mean, you can't have those guys on your show and it not turn out awesome. They're they're pros. I mean, and they're funny, and they know they've got their arsenal. You know, yeah. they've got their yeah. funny arsenals. So, and it's great. And they're both so different. They do different things. So it's fun working with them. And I mean, if 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 you go back to you know Sam Kinison, and also with you know with Don and that metal show, mm-hmm. I mean, comedy and rock and roll kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we start, we started working together in 2018 and it was great that year and we've kept doing it ever since. So thank you for, uh, working so hard that, you, you know, as you do and putting the show together and, um, it's great to have punchlines and backlines involved in yeah. it because, uh, it makes the event that much cooler. My for pleasure. Sure. Thank you for having us. I can't believe that this actually, I just, my Facebook memories just popped up and it's four years ago. We did our first show this mm-hmm. month. It, it, in, in Hollywood wow. at the Grafton with Jason Christopher. That was our first show. Wow. Yeah. It's, it, it's such a cool concept and it, and it oh. works and you can pretty much do it anywhere, but uh, I'm happy you were, you're willing to always make it a, a part of rock and pod. Cause it, you know, we always have such great feedback from it. Like, Oh, it's so cool to have comedy involved also. Yeah. I think it's fun. Plus people need to sit down and we're old and we need to turn down. Yeah. The <laughs> That's true. We need to sit. I was happy to sit down for take sure. Take out our earplugs, have a drink, you know, just chill, have a laugh, talk about, you know, like I want to incorporate like more, you know, I kind of wanted to incorporate more stuff about the rock and pod, which I think, you know, maybe, maybe there's like a roast or something in the future or some kind of fun thing going, maybe roast of Aaron Camaro. Oh, I knew that now. was where this was going <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like maybe there's like a, you know, you have to do like one roast joke about each podcast, like something like that, something fun, but you know, in a loving way, I write my roast jokes in a flattering way. Nothing I write is mean. I think that'd be fun too. You know, just throwing it out there. That's how much fun I had is like, I'm already planning for next year. Like I can't wait. 
I can wait, but yeah, that's cool. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Michelle can wait. You can wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm ready. Um, we'll see how things shake out. Let's, uh, let's I start it all on Thursday next year. Oh geez. Oh, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what my role is going to be going for. A rock and pod will continue. I don't know that I'll be the guy in charge, but, uh, it will continue. Um, well, that's a, that's a discussion for another day. But, um, I guess we could tell everybody I sold my house and I bought Rocket Pod. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you have terrible business sense, my friend. Yes. Um, yes, so. I do. You can just have it at your house, Aaron. I always see everybody gathered in your backyard having a good old bro fest. Yeah. Because like my favorite day of the weekend. Everybody else is gone by Monday and the few that are left are invited over. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, we should do that. Um, but, well, Courtney, before we wrap this up, um, what do you have going on? Where can people find you? Uh, new projects coming on in the future. I know you mentioned Monsters of Rock Cruise. I did. And um, we are setting sail in, in exactly one month um, out of Orlando, and um, or the, near Orlando. And uh, we have Todd LaTorre from Queensryche doing the show on the ship. Nice. And That's awesome. We don't, we don't have our second person totally locked in yet, but let's just say that maybe one of their band members has already done it and now it's their turn. So they're not hmm. locked in. Can't really say. I, think I know who it is. But if we say, hey, we already announced you on Decibel Geek, maybe that'll give him a, <laughs> a little push. Let us have it. Who is it? But I, I can't say because <laughs> if it doesn't work out, I would feel really bad. So, um, but it's, okay. we're, it's close, very close with someone, another great person that's going to be amazing todd's already funny he already has jokes like he has an act already like he's making it easy for us like we don't have too much work to do with him you know like he's ready to rock it he's ready to go yeah he'll do great yeah right on that's awesome yeah and that's it i guess that's pretty much all i have coming up just some stuff around la nothing big nothing too exciting but that's about it and then i'll be back in nashville i think this summer I'm going to try and do some more shows. Um, I want to do like all women's punchlines and backlines because we've only had one female guest. And that was Genocide from from Paradise Kitty. And she was great. She had great stories, you know, and really good stuff. And it's fun for me to write. So I'd really like to find like a killer woman, Lizzie Hale, if you're listening. You know, I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, or Nita Strauss wants to do it. I just got to find a venue. And when she has three seconds free, so... Yeah. It's just tough to, you know, but I know she wants to do it. So it's just, t- you know, tough well, to nail down. But that's my next goal. Yeah. Well, if you if, if you come back to Nashville in the summer, let us know. We'll we'll set up and we'll do another one of these live. I'd love it. That'd be cool. cool. Thank Heck, you, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Courtney. I love you. Thanks for having me. Can we go ahead and make the announcement that you're going to be at Rock and Pod 2024 now? Yes. All right. There you go. First one of the year. First <laughs> announcement. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast, the show that rocks and rolls, and we talk about rock and roll. We've been doing this for about 12 years now, and we've had Stevie as a guest before on the show, and he was awesome. And if you listen to the show, you guys all know this man's my rock and roll hero. I got the cheese head with me to prove it. Oh, yeah, Stevie Rochelle's here with us. Chris Zinzak, this is amazing, man. It is, and... uh I'm going to focus on the Metal Sludge questions because I'm a giant fan of Metal Sludge since 1998. And I'm going to let you handle the hard questions or the tough questions. Oh, the tough intended. questions. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so I guess to start it, go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say, 
I never knew how to pronounce his last name. Uh, I just knew it was like a C and a Z and a Y, and uh, I was guessing it was Polish or something. You got that right. <laughs> I think it's hard enough to pronounce. Try Sinzak? to spell it. Yeah. Sinzak? Sinzak. Okay. So and I told him you should change yeah. it so it's like a sack of sin. That's metal. You're more creative than me. But, uh, and family from Milwaukee, which makes sense. Well, and the thing is, at this point, when, when I meet somebody, you put their name in. There's a lot of Chris's in my phone. I believe it. So I have to put in, like, podcast guy, Nashville, <laughs> geek, you know. And I'm like, oh, that's the decibel geek guy, you know. And then geek. I'm trying to write your, your last name. <laughs> yeah. Well, decibel geek, you know. I know. Kiss geek. Yeah. Maybe yeah, a little. Yeah. But Sinzak, now I know your name. Yeah. And, and if, if you want to look me up on Facebook, just punch your keyboard and my name will show up. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Yeah. It's awesome, man. I've been a fan of Tough since I was a young teenager. Man, when it was that time when Tough was around, it was to me, it was all like Motley Crue and Poison and Kiss. And these were the bands that I loved. And then when Tough came around, I was like, that's exactly what I love too. And so bought that brand new album when it, when it was brand new and loved it. And then everything changed. It was like all my friends that were with me last week talking about how awesome the new Motley Crue album is and this and that. And they're like, oh, Motley Crue. I don't listen to Motley Crue anymore. I listen to Nirvana. I'm like, but last week we were just arguing like who's better, Eddie Van Halen or Ace Frehley? Like, oh, yeah. Well, I just listen to Pearl Jam now. And I was like, you sons of bitches, you dirty posers. And they're like, you're the poser. Look at the bands you listen to. They're like, no, you got it wrong. You guys are the posers. You guys loved this stuff last week. And now all of a sudden, everything's different. So then it was like, I don't care. I love tough. I'm going to keep finding these albums. So then when Fist first came out, I'd go to the Inner Sleeve Records in Wasp, Wisconsin, and be like, can you special order this for me? He's like, yeah, you're the only one that asked for it. I was like, great, bring it. Religious Fix. I was like, hey, got a new Tough album coming out. Can you get it for me? And he'd get it for me. So it was like weird to live through the whole time change. But in 2001, I'm working at Z104 in central Wisconsin, and they bring me the CD of History of Tough. And they go, hey, you like Tough? I said, I love Tough. Do you want to play the new Tough song on the radio? And I was What? Like, I never thought you would ever ask me that. You're like, yes, please, yes, what is it? And, you know, I've said it before, I've said it a million times, that song changed everything. Like, when I played that song on the radio, people said, yeah, I do want to see Tommy Lee back spinning his sticks. Right. And I do want to shout it out loud for a band named Kiss, you know? Right. And that song changed everything where it was like we used to get picked on for a little while there for loving those fans for sticking with them for 10 years for 10 years for 10 long years man thank you for that do you feel the impact of that when that came out well yes and what what happened is tough had ended at the end of 1995 yeah so me and george were still doing it michael and todd at a jump ship so to speak but at that point, you know, anybody from the 80s, from Sunset Strip, blonde hair, you know, you were drowning in grunge, you know? Yeah. And it, it was just, we were not just tossed away by, by record labels and, and maybe fans, but even, even roadies 
would be selective. Like, I don't know if I want to go on tour with Tough. We had, you know, magazine press. I remember calling the Troubadour and wanting to book a show in the 90s. And at this point, the booker was a guy named Lance. And he's like, uh, I don't know. And, you know, I basically begged the guy to book us. He did. The show did great. Yeah. We surpassed our guarantee and got a bonus. But when I called him four or five months later to book another show, he was once again very hesitant. So it wasn't, you know, it, the change happened across the board from producers, road crew, magazine press didn't want to cover us. Of course, radio didn't want to touch us. So that happened for many years. And by the end of 95, I said, George, maybe there's a black cloud over us. Maybe we should call it a day. So we did. We, we stopped doing tough. And then in 96, I did the side project, The Cheeseheads. Did another record in 97, 98. I put out a solo record. I was, started this website in 1998, Metal Sludge. But around 2000, there was, there was a little bit of a shift. And I saw even with the local band called Metal Shop. Yeah. And this was before they were called Steel Panther. And they were just, you know, there was a famous syndicated radio program in the 80s called Metal Shop, yeah. you know, with Charlie, Charlie Kendall. Kendall. Yeah. And uh, so that's, they had this parody thing going on, and Metal Shop became super popular in Hollywood. Yeah. They would play at the Viper Rooms on Monday night, yeah. and the Viper Room is not big, but everybody went, and they were doing Bon Jovi and Poison and Motley Crue and all those bands. Everybody had fun with it, yeah. and everybody that was there was having fun with it. If they would have tried that in 94 or 95, it just probably wouldn't have worked because people would have just said, no, no, no. So now at some point I decide, I'm going to relaunch Tough. And because it was the year 2000, everything was Y2K. Right, right. And I had the idea to call the band Tough 2K, right. like Tough 2000, yeah. the new version. Um, I asked Michael, Todd, and George if they were interested, if they wanted to do it. They all said no. Nobody wanted to do it, so I kind of found new players. And at some point in 2000, late 2000, I decided I wanted to release a single as a comeback. And I wanted to pick up where the all-new generation left off. Yeah, right, yeah. And if anybody that has the record knows, the all-new generation was our song about the various generations of music. Right. The first pre-chorus was... Uh, Elvis Presley, Richard Jerry, Little Richard, Buddy Barry, you know the Beatles had a hard day's night. Right. The second verse was The Who, The Doors, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, and Old Van Halen. And of course we said Old Van Halen because at that point there had already been a new Van Halen, which, which was technically Van Hagar. Right. And then the third pre-chorus was Cooper Kiss, The Oz, and Motley, Poison, Axel, John Bon Jovi, Skid Row, Is the Youth Gone Wild. So I was thinking, I want to put out a song, a single, to relaunch Tough into the ears of the, the crowd, the yeah. fans, the, the audience, the industry. And so I started writing this idea, but I, I realized that the scope of music, the, the landscape had changed. We had Marilyn Manson and Korn and Power Man 5000 and Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit. And so I said, well, let me take some new metal music and play around with it. And I kept going back to the Kid Rock song, which he sampled Metallica. Right. Oh, yeah. And I was at some point decided to do this mashup. 
and threw the Twisted Sister thing in there. And this is before mashups were a thing either. Yeah, you know, right? it was like, yeah. So I, but I wanted the message to be about the 80s. I wanted the message to be like, hey, Kurt Cobain is gone, but I'm, I'm back, back wearing leather pants and a backwards hat with yeah. guitar slung low where, where the, the down boys go. go. The night train's back, so on with the, the show. show. Yep. And started putting that together, spent a long time scripting those lyrics. And uh, then I got a group of guys. We went in and recorded it. And um, shout, shout at the devil again. Yeah. Shout, yeah. shout, never letting it end. Yeah. Shout, shout, you know. Um, and then we released it. And I'll, I will say, the, the reaction was overwhelming. Yeah. We got added at P1 radio stations all over the country. It was everywhere. Yeah. And for those that don't know, P1 is like the biggest level of, you know, terrestrial radio stations. Yeah. Atlanta, Kansas City, Detroit, Chicago. Um, Getting tons of plays. There was a lot of uh, stations, specialty shows that did a smash and trash. Yep, we used to do Or that. they did yeah. this band versus that band. Every time that we got used, uh, uh, compared on a smash and trash, it was always a smash. Yeah. Yep. We went up against, you know, new Limp Bizkit, Kid Rock, Megadeth, Power Man 5000, Marilyn Manson. We won every time. And there was a, a younger generation or a newer generation that were grunge fans that were like, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. It's got a Metallica riff. Yeah. It's got the Twisted Sister thing. And then we did have the call outs about Kiss. And listen, saying I want to see Tommy Lee back spinning those sticks is clearly a reference to like, dude, we don't want to see you DJing <laughs> with dreadlocks. Like we wanted to see him spinning yeah. his sticks upside down. And we don't want to see you go to college. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, not to be long-winded, but that song, you know, I wanted a message to be released. And not just for us or me, but for all of the generation yeah. that, that liked that music. And at this oh. point, Steel Panther, you know, was bubbling under yeah. in Los Angeles. And, you know, I started covering them on Metal Sludge, yeah. telling the rest of the world, listen, if you ever come to L.A., you have to go see this band, yep. you know? Yep. And by this point, tribute bands were starting to get a name for themselves. The Iron Maidens, yeah. Yeah. the Atomic Punks, which also featured Ralph, Ralph David yeah. Lee Ralph yeah, yeah, on yeah. vocals, where they were getting booked to play in Detroit or Chicago. Howard Stern was talking about the Atomic Punks yeah. on his show and said, I saw this Van Halen tribute and I thought I was listening to the album. Yeah. And that's how good they were. And then Ralph and Russ obviously were part of Metal Shop, which became Metal School and eventually Steel Panther, and, and now they've went global. Right. But that song was put together in here to say, Tough's coming back, I want to make a statement, and this is the statement. You know, Kurt Cobain is gone, but I'm back. And then, you know, give Pearl Jam and Eddie a big fuck, fuck you. Yeah, you. Uh, I was at a, on a trip to L.A. with my wife last year, and we were pulling in to uh, return our rental car to go to LAX, and that song came on the radio. And my wife is not really a big fan of these bands. Right. She's big into Pearl Jam. It got to that line, and she went, hey! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and the thing is, it not only felt great that people were reacting to it. But even rock stars, my comrades, my brethren mm -hmm. from, from the industry, Tracy Guns came up to me and said, 
dude, that might be the stupidest song ever or the most <laughs> genius thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's genius. Yeah, I do too. You know, Lon Friend from Rip Magazine. Yeah. He's like, Stevie, this is amazing. Yep. You know, uh, so many people said really good things. Of course, all the bands. The only complaints I had from other rock stars were people like Steve Brown from Trickster said, dude, you didn't name us. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, somebody feels left some, out. <laughs> some people were, yeah, were like, you know, you didn't name our band. Where's you know, Jet Boy? Ron Keel, I think, said, you know, you didn't put us in there. Um, <laughs> they're like, how come Johnny Crash is in there? I said, well, it rhymes with Slash. Yeah, you know, there's uh, yeah, not a lot yeah, of bands that rhymed with Slash. Rhyme scheme makes a difference. But, you know, putting it together, you know, and I probably have lyric sheets somewhere in a file cabinet that I could probably unearth and dig through and go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, Hanoi Rocks, Britney Fox, you yep, know. Yep, right. So putting it together was, was a cool thing, and the reaction was, was great, and now it's 20-some years later. Yeah. Still gets played. Yep. We play it live, and when I say it gets played, it's not just in America. Yeah. It's in England. It's in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Right. It's in Bangkok, Thailand. It's in Munich, Germany. It's in yeah. London, Belgium, Spain, you know, and uh, it, it's, it's reverberated around the world. I was so proud, man. So proud to be a tough fan, and they're letting me play it on the radio. And it's not just that people are calling the station going, we want to hear that hairband song. Yeah. It was, the they're phones actually, were lighting up. The phones and, were lighting up everywhere. And, and then also they're calling going, hey, play some old Motley Crue. Hey, play some Quiet Riot. Yeah. They're starting to ask for these bands again. And I was like, holy shit. Not only did this song change like the whole perception because then all of a sudden it's like the the rock never stops tours yes. start mm -hmm. coming around again Glam, and people slam, are going jam. to them yeah. and it was like that song got in people's heads and go you know what why why did we make fun of that you know and why why do we like this better you know there's that was so much better and that was so much more fun and i just remember being so proud of like i was a tough fan all along <laughs> you know right yeah yeah and the thing is you know, D. Schneider plays it. He's played it on the House of Hair, which is syndicated. Yep. Um, and a, a, a lot of a lot of support from from the stations. Where, like you said, it wasn't just like, "Hey, let's play this for Stevie." Nobody had to do me any favors. Right. They played it and they got reactions. Right. The people called and said, "What was that song yeah. about Tommy Lee and Nikki Six yep. and you know Sebastian Bach is the Youth Gone Wild?" Like. That song, at some point, has been played on a million all different types of specialty shows mm. that are all about the 80s. Right. Which yeah. play Old Bon Jovi, Old Motley Crue, yeah. all those bands. We're the only new song. That's the only like modern-day 2000-era song that gets played because right. it's obviously a signature. Some of them use it as their intro song. Yeah. You know? So they play that song as part of the intro or the yeah. intro to the show to say tonight's uh, hairspray at eight, you yeah. know, eighties at eight well, I, and, hairspray and, replay and you know? being here in Nashville, it blew up here on local radio and I had friends and even younger people I knew. Um, but it was like, almost like everyone suddenly decided, Oh, we're allowed to like this stuff again. Right. And it was also, it just, everyone was like, God, it was such a fun time in music. And, like, events like this, you know, we're celebrating a lot of that, right. you know? Yeah. It's just, it was happy times, you know? And we weren't getting all dark and introspective and all that. It was just like, you were going to concerts, you were having 
tailgate parties in the parking lot. That's fun stuff to do. And I, you know, I'm not a country music fan, but I do have to give them credit. The majority of country music songs are about enjoying your life. Right. So they've right. kind of taken a cue from your generation of bands to where you're just, you're making memories, you know. And I think that's very important. It's a rallying cry, and it reminded all of us of, man, this was such a fun time to be alive. Yeah. And that's why that stuff still thrives well, today. Well, at, at some point, even though it was shunned by the masses at some point in the 90s, there was periods when it did turn around. I remember being at a club in, in Los Angeles, and I'm standing there, and some guy walks up to me. He goes, hey, are you Stevie Rochelle from Tough? And I was like, yeah. He's like... Somebody wants to talk to you. I was like, okay. So I, he walks me over to this table, and I didn't know who the guy was, but he's like, hey, my name is Josie from Saliva. Saliva, yeah. Josie who Scott. had had a big record at that point. Yeah. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. You know, I used to see your band. You know, he's obviously a, a, a generation younger than us, not too much, right. but he's younger. And he, he went out of his way to say, dude, I love your band. You're awesome. Yeah. You know, and I, that made me feel good. Right. You know, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine came up to me once at the Rainbow. Said really nice things to me. Wow. That's you know? Um, I've heard Wednesday 13 say good things. Wednesday. Go up as a, uh, as a fan. Like, I didn't know this. Many years later, he's in the Murder Dolls, and he contacts me online. He goes, hey, when I was like 15, I used to come see your band, but I wasn't old enough to get into the show, so me and my girlfriend had my, my girlfriend's grandma drive us, and he was in the parking lot and our tour bus pulled in, and then he said, you know, you got off the bus, you were so nice to me, yeah. you know? And, uh, you know, now he's in the Murder Dolls, right. you know, open, yeah. opening up for Marilyn Manson, right. playing festivals. Yeah. Um, and then he, he was like, yeah, and your bass player was a total dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, but you were the coolest, you know? Nice. So, you know, hearing that, you know, uh, hearing other guys from modern bands, I remember I was listening to a radio show in Los Angeles, and they were interviewing... Uh, Jacoby from Papa Roach. Okay, yeah. Obviously, a more modern kind of music yeah. at that point. And he's like, uh, the DJ's like, yeah, so, uh, you know, what was your, like, what did you grow up like? What were your first concerts? And Jacoby was like, oh, dude, I went to Poison and Warrant, and I went to Slaughter, and the DJ's like, oh, you're joking around, right? He's like, no. I went to Warrant and Slaughter yeah. and Poison. He's like, well, you don't really like those bands, do you? Like, the DJ's <laughs> trying to still throw fire right, on it. Yeah. And Jacoby's like, no, dude. Yeah. Those were, like, the best fucking concerts of my life. Yeah, great concerts. And at some point, I was like, dude, fucking A. That's right on you for sticking up for it. Because yeah. it was, you know, the element of the DJ going, to, no, those, those bands suck, right? And he's like, no, dude. That was, that was my youth. That's awesome. Yeah. So... so we're all happy kumbaya about this. But right. So basically, yeah. everything you see here, Rock and Pod, without Stevie Rochelle, it don't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go that far. Yeah. Well, it's like we, we're all kumbaya about this. But, so in 1998, a website pops up called Metal Sludge, and all the names of the writers are like Janie Bonneal and uh, you know, all these D Donna Anderson. And like you could tell they're all... Tammy Sex Slaughter. Yeah, Tammy yeah, yeah. Sex Slaughter. They're all made up names. But the funniest thing is, and it, like, it really took the internet by storm. People are like, who the hell is writing this stuff? But I always had a feeling from the get-go that I was like, a lot of this is tongue-in-cheek, and a lot of this has to be coming from people on the inside of the whole industry. Right. 
I didn't know it was you. It's, it was years before you kind of made your announcement that it was six you. Six years. Yeah, six years. But I always had a vibe that I was like, there's got to be rock stars that are in on this stuff. And tell us about how in on it. You had several guys, from no, known guys from bands, that were contributing to these articles, right? They were contributing, but they also didn't know who I was. Oh, they didn't or know. Or my partner, no. Wow, wow but I didn't know that. when we started writing articles or people were like, hey, you know, we'd contact somebody and say, we want to do an interview with you. Yeah. Tracy Guns. And of course, this is when it was two different LA Guns. So everything that we asked Tracy would be about Phil or Steve. <laughs> yeah. And then when we interviewed Vice Phil, person. we'd ask about Tracy and whoever his band was. Yeah. Um, but at some point, there was certain guys that would like write back and be really funny yeah. or really concise with their answers and organized. And So at some point, we were like, hey, do you want to you want to write something for us? Yeah. Like Ricky Rocket. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rocket did some interviews. He was one of the first big stars that did it. And then what happened is we reached out to him and said, would you like to do a column? All right. And we came up with the idea for him to do Dr. Rocket. Yeah. And then people would write in, you know, girl, I have a boyfriend and I really like him, but he's really small and I can't have an orgasm. How can you help? You know? <laughs> and of course, sometimes we would script the question sure. to be... A, a live one, and then Ricky would like, "Dear Julie, first of all, dump your boyfriend." <laughs> you know, so at some point, Ricky was really supportive of the site, right. and he would contribute, but he didn't know who we were. Oh, okay, wow. you know, Jizzy at some point had written some stuff. Scott Ian of Anthrax yeah. was doing wow. tour diaries, um, but none of them, for the most part, knew who we were. Oh, okay, but they just knew that this was obviously the site was blowing up. Right. It was an avenue for them to get exposure. Sure. You know, and I think some of the fans realized that we started selling merchandise, shirts, baby dolls, tank yeah. tops. And then if they wear that to the show, yeah. a lot of times, literally somebody like Ricky Rocket would be on the stage and go, yeah. you know, tell his roadie, go give that dude a yeah. pass. He's just, a sludgeaholic. Just don't wear it to a Sebastian Bach concert. Yeah. <laughs> and Sebastian was a big supporter in the early days until you guys wrote about him, right? Well... He, he was a fan. We, we published the, the initial emails. He was like, you guys have big balls. I love your site. Right. And then there was some incident that happened in, I believe, Toronto. Mm. And he was doing a show. And he had a limousine that was taking him to the show. But the limousine broke down, like, right outside the venue, like mm. a few blocks away. And it, Sebastian and his, whoever he was with, had to walk through the snow in his big white shoes he wears <laughs> and somebody saw it and I think they got a picture and then they said yeah we saw Sebastian stomping through the snow like in the abominable snowman and he was <laughs> fucking mad his limousine broke down and so we wrote something about it it was very surface You're nothing right. too but he lost his mind yeah he was very offended and from then on he just he thought we were out to get him which we weren't oh, right but the fact that he overreacted so much yeah we were like Okay, let's pour a little bit more gasoline on Let's dig in on Sebastian. (laughs) And we also got that because it was like Howard Stern used to have, uh, forgetting, there was somebody he was had a a feud with. It was a famous celebrity who wouldn't do his show. Mm. And then because the guy wouldn't do it, Stern would send Stuttering John to every event this guy was at, and Stuttering John would be wearing the mustaches and the wigs and (laughs) the fake glasses, and he'd ask him, some normal question, then the guy would answer, and then he'd start throwing these the more ones. loaded questions, and then 
you know, Stern started sending the whack pack after him. Right. And that's kind of what we did with Sludge. Yeah. We'd like go to the skid, go to the Sebastian Bach show and you know, wear a metal sludge shirt and wave at him from the front row. And then right. he'd be furious at some guy he didn't even know yeah. just because the guy had our shirt on. Wow. And it became a bounty situation where you were, like, even offering money for people Five, to, get, to, get, to get a photo wearing a sludge shirt it, with Sebastian. Wow. Yeah. So, and there was people that would show up and they'd have a shirt on under a zip jacket and trying to get in line to get a photo with them. But nobody ever got the bounty. I, I don't but think we were going to pay it. It. Yeah. $500 if you can get a picture of yourself. With him wearing our shirt, <laughs> funny. <laughs> but I loved all the stuff on there, like the uh, the Super Balls awards and the uh, the Beyond a Fucking Bitch awards, and but it was just wild. I mean, and then the, the, of course the uh, famous penis chart, uh, oh, yeah. the groupie section, and uh, but the, I don't know. It's just but see, it was very. This is 1998, so the internet is absolutely the wild it's, west, and it's at an uh, infant stage. It's yeah. brand new. Yeah, there was no social media. There was no Twitter, no Facebook, no MySpace, no YouTube, no Instagram. There was yeah. none of that. It was yeah. not there. And it's not like we had a crystal ball. All right. Or I thought, well, hey, this is going to be really big in 10 years, so let's do this now. It was just initially a place where let's, let's make this community, mm-hmm. this message board, this chat room, where people could come in and go, hey, I like Nitro. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Kick Tracy, right. King of the Hill, Pariah. You know, uh, Rhino Bucket, these more obscure bands, mm. because all Metal Edge would give you, or Spin Magazine, would be the Slaughter, Warrant, Winger Tour, right. or White Snake, or Motley, or Poison. And we wanted to give the fans just the, the, the obscure stuff. Like, where is yeah. the singer from Kick Tracy for the last 15 years? Yeah. We got an interview with him. He works at a print shop. He's got a kid. He's yeah. doing this. He's doing yeah. that. So we started digging in, and we got you know, the singer from Sleazebees and mm. all those obscure bands. Yeah. And at some point, people turn to that because they're like, we already know where Brett Michaels is. He's yeah. on that TV show. Right. But <laughs> yeah, know? Metal Sludge is where you could go to discuss the greatness of Warren's Dog Eat Dog, Winger's Pole, right. Motley 94. Right. Those are like the, the trinity of albums that are underrated. Right. Yeah. But uh, I think we, he said we got five minutes left. If we want to do some questions. All good. Anybody got any questions? Or are we doing good? Raise your hand if you have a question, otherwise we'll just keep going. They're completely blown away. <laughs> this is amazing. No, I love that too because Sludge was another thing, kind of like it predated the American Hair Band because when I discovered Sludge, it was like, oh, there's a place where they're still talking about the bands I like. And I say like Pariah. Pariah was an amazing band, and they had an amazing album, but it was only one album, yeah. and then things went south for them, but... Where else were you going to Tom hear Zutat about right there. that band? Worked on that album. Yeah, right? <laughs> Amazing. I love that album. Thank you. <laughs> but then, you know, Sludge was a place where a guy like me could still feel like the bands I love are getting attention. Maybe not always good attention, but they're getting attention. <laughs> well, then something else that was happening, and of course, again, none of us knew how this would work, how the internet would unfold. But we start this forum, and somebody's on there talking about this band or that band, and they're in Denver. And then somebody else that's chiming in is from Phoenix. Right. This guy's from New Jersey, right. Florida, Austin, Denmark, Brazil, England, yeah, Munich. Yeah. Suddenly we have a whole global community of people that are like, hey, I really like this album. Oh, did you know it's been reissued by Rock Candy? Yeah, oh, did yeah. you know there's... Uh, they're going on tour. They've reunited. So not everybody would know about it. And so this internet thing, 
people started sharing that information right. through our chat forums, our, our message boards. And of course, we, we were getting fed information as well. A lot of times our information wasn't all coming from me or a couple of the insiders. Somebody, as cell phones became more popular and more people had the internet, somebody would go to a show and say, Vince Neil just fell off the stage. Right, yeah. And John Karabi's singing Livewire right now in place of him, you know, with his solo band. And we're like, are you kidding me? Really? And then they just send a photo. And Vince, you know, when he fell off the stage a couple years ago and broke his ribs. Yeah. You know, we, we had that story very early. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. We had stories very early that were not always good stories. Right. We, we, were, we were one of the first sites to publish something that there had been a, a tragic fire in Rhode Island. Mm, mm. We, uh, I remember being on the internet, on the, the forums, and people were talking about something that happened at the Damage Plan show in El Rosa Villa. I remember that. In Columbus. Yeah. And they said there's been a shooting. There was people that said, you know, Dimebag is going to the hospital. He might have died. And at some point, I realized it wasn't a hoax because there was people talking about I'm in the parking lot by the Red Roof Inn right now. I see ambulances everywhere. Oh, wow. And I played there, and I knew that there was a hotel, right. a Red Roof right there. They were telling things that were geographically Verifiable, impossible yeah. for anybody to know unless they were actually there. Right. right yeah. And I'm like, nobody's going out of their way to make all this up. So at some point, you know, we also were, were getting fed information about situations that, you know, were, were good and not always good. But it was news nonetheless, and at some point, you know, we were there to, to report it. It's amazing how far we've come. It is. Yeah. And it's also the place to go to hear Donnie V set the facts straight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I think we're down. I think we've, we've, ha- we've used our time, so you want to wrap things up? All right. Once again, we're the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're huge fans of Tough. We're huge fans of Stevie Rochelle. And we're huge fans of everybody that came out here to Rock and Pod. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank Thank you for coming out. Thank you for supporting. I do have a booth over there with the big Tough logo if you want to come and say hi. I got swag, vinyl, CDs. I'm getting my cheesehead autograph. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.